0: Good evening, ladies, gentlemen, and MBs. Welcome to Worry Desho's Desho the Third podcast series for the premium tier, the full fire experience. Um, I am Shaden, and it's very Christmassy in my room right now, as evidenced by this goofy hat. And, of course, the lights. I would have got more decorations up, but I had a crippling case of the lazy come over me, and that kind of got in the way, you know. It's a medical condition, or so at least I keep telling my doctor, you know, he doesn't believe me. That's beside the point. Joining me, of course, from across the pond but close to my heart is the Soul Doctor. Hello, hello. Good evening, Shadon. Hello, everyone.
1: Welcome, friends. I hope everybody is uh, doing as safe, uh, doing safe.
0: I hope you're doing safe. God. Oh, I'm, I'm <laughs> totally doing safe. It's my it's my new side career. You know, like I've just started <laughs> like you know putting little stethoscopes them, just decoding them. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, breaking breaking open safes. Right, exactly. It's like it's so them, there's like ten of them. There's ten of them off camera over there you know it's going to be a very very christmas for me a lovely uh um uh, but no i hope i
1: hope all, all you lads and ladies and NBs are uh are healthy and uh and safe And those that is a very that's a distracting light show my man
0: let me let me just tell you that it's very well you know that is a lot <laughs> <laughs> Well, if I, you know, I w- it's just because I was too distracting. I was just too good looking. I'm sorry, man. I had to get something to take. I know you you're right. Uh, you're right. This will know, keep us.
1: This will actually keep us grounded, uh, to and distract us from your just uh, just your incandescence. Uh, and yep. so now we'll be able to br- be brought back to reality by looking into flashing lights, and we can talk about this lovely show. This, this oh, man, excellent. Uh, be- be- before animal.
0: we begin about talking about uh, Show Again Rako, Rako Shinju, Season 2, Descending Stories, episodes... Jesus, that was a mouthful. I know. Um, I want to point something out, is that we have now, three years in the running, established a unfortunate trend in Day Show, which <laughs> is every single one of the episodes we've done just before Christmas have been depressing and miserable <laughs> in a way. <laughs> because if you go back to the very first one we did, like... Okay. Uh, Uh, which was banana fish that of course ended on episode 26 was it the catcher in the rye which was Mm. grim (laughs) yeah that was bad (laughs) it was a great show it was was a fantastic show yeah Uh, a really strong ending but it would just made everyone a bit depressed Uh, and then of course last year we had vinland saga which also, also <laughs> great show, but yeah. ended up was being a little depressed. And now the very last one this time around is Show Again Recorder Action season two, which again, great show, ends really strongly, leaves us all a bit depressed.
1: I see, I'm not depressed at the end of this. I actually am, I feel really good about, I mean, I know you do too. That's that's not what I want to say, but I mean, I just, it left me feeling actually really hopeful and happy. I was not sad by the end of this
0: is sweet this is um,
1: sweet is what i'd say
0: okay well so yeah i
1: didn't really feel too bitter like i thought like that i felt that about the end of season one for damn sure right but oh yes but not for this and so did we technically do i know we weren't live streaming but like mmo junkie did that end at christmas time i feel like no it definitely not was that a summer
0: uh it was it I think it was late uh, early autumn. I think it was. It definitely wasn't Christmas. Oh, finished, it,
1: I think it's Christmas. I'm looking this up because because I feel oh. like right after that we did a Christmas pod, and I know we weren't live streaming. Let's see, Mal, MMO, mm. yeah. Junkie. But
0: the, the the trend I was referring to was that for the past three years we've always had it end on someone, some character that mm-hmm. we otherwise like dying or suffering some unfortunate <laughs> no, yep. fate, it, uh-huh. which is uh which I, I I have to you know I have to say I'm I am right by the I way I picked. It, okay, you're right. It ended fair December twelfth.
1: So again, we weren't live streaming to YouTube, but it it got us to Christmas on a on a lighter note. But to your point, it has been a number of years it's been a couple years where, you know, uh it's been it's been pretty rough it's been rough yeah
0: and that's why that's funny enough in part why i suggested we do akadama drive because i thought oh yeah if we do that as our last christmas stream it'll all work out Uh well you know we we can't really feel bad about this cyberpunk anime where people punch each other's heads off but unfortunately that's not going to be the way that we end up before christmas so there you go it's it's basically like watching only the section of the muppets christmas carol where it's about you know ghost of christmas future over and over (laughs) exactly and, yes. then, and then you don't get to watch the the, the really jolly wrap-up no. afterwards. We're just no. torturing ourselves here. Um, but we'll, of course, get to that soon enough as we discuss the final four episodes of this show. And we, of course, have patron questions as usual. Uh, Doc is going to talk a bit about the creatives. And I suppose I should start off by saying that if you know you think to yourself, hey, I like these two guys. I think, you know, the British one, he's got a really good cut of his jib. I think the American one, he's got nice hair. I like his opinions. He's pretty sharp. You know, I think... Why I would very much like to send some of my hard earned dollars their way. Uh you totally can do you could do that at patreon.com forward slash show. We do free tiers of two, three, and five dollars respectively, and they offer increasing benefits as you might expect. We don't do things as backwards there. Just point that out. So if you want to get on the Discord, for example, to join our wonderful little community, two dollars will get you into that. Uh, and then you get to ask questions about the shows we're covering um, if you get on the five dollars tier, you'll be able to influence us picking shows for second stream and Desha the third for next year which is going to be interesting in its own right we're going to have some uh, prime choices on the slate this time mm. round as always so uh, yeah definitely do check our Patreon and if you want to support us financially every little bit helps And thank you much for doing so uh, but With that little preamble out of the way, uh, before we get into Patreon questions, uh, I'll, of course, pass the book over to Doc, and Doc's going to tell us a little bit about the crazies behind the show.
1: All right, there's a discourse about your hat going on in in chat Mm, at the moment. Uh, Yeah. Is it a crime?
0: This is the last time time that I'm wearing this hat before Christmas. Uh, If I do any more streams before then, I'm not going to wear it. The lights will be on. But I'm not wearing the hat. What I probably should have done in reality is get a Christmas jumper because over here in the UK, Christmas jumpers are a big thing. Oh, you know, they're big. Like, they're a big, big, big thing big, here. Big, 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 big knitted woolly thing. You yeah. Know? Like I should have really got one of those. I'm just yeah. currently wearing my Doom T-shirt because it's just what I pulled out of the wardrobe <laughs> this morning because I am, of course, a fashion conscious and fashion appropriate guy. Totally. Not really. Uh, I, um, I'm wearing
1: my Bullet Club T-shirt. Uh, it's a New Japan Pro Wrestling faction. I don't
0: belong mm-hmm. to any arms dealing association
1: or like a pro gun
0: society. <laughs>
1: it's a no, you, thing. no, no, no. You're you're a firm <laughs>
0: believer in you know in reducing gun violence by just buying bullets exactly. and throwing them at people. I, just, if, if the gun control people
1: hoard all the bullets, then that's the solution.
0: Yeah. Um, uh,
1: but but I don't I don't have a the yeah, Christmas jumpers also or or sweaters as we call them here are um mm. are also big and the the uglier the better like <laughs> our fucking irony poisoned culture has gotten to the point where like we can't genuinely sell christmas sweaters that are intended to be for moms or whatever but like we all secretly know they're ugly now everyone is like marketing them as ugly christmas sweaters and like haha it'd be funny if i not a mom but Uh, you know mid-twenties young professional with a good sense of humor bought like a bought one of these aren't i funny and smart la 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 like it's just it's fucking annoying to me i'm sorry to be a huge grump but like can we not just like have the genuineness of the christmas sweater that that happens to be ugly must we like turn it into a marketing opportunity
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i really wish you'd done that in dr seuss rhyme there because i felt you were really on the ways becoming the grinch god it's, it's just terrible and I, oh no know if me. there was no if, if it'd be like this and go like oh no if there was no christmas sweater oh it would be so much better be so much said better. the grinch mm-hmm.
1: like I, mean, I love christmas i think you know that i think people in chat know that i've i <laughs> talk about christmas music and such on the discord it's my favorite most favorite time of the year honest to god but that in particular yeah this is my, my my uh my old man, you know, is showing on this one. I'm afraid. Um,
0: oh God, get the rocking chair out for I the uh, the lawn, you know. Just put a put old man Doc out there, let him rock and complain. Like, it was be better d- in my day.
1: Let's everything be drenched in irony. <laughs> you really are turning into a crusty uh, old anime fan. That's terrible, just terrible. Um, okay. Uh... uh. Are you ready now then to discuss some creatives from Rakugo Shinju S2 um, and everyone's favorite segment, Doc, reads to us. I'm going to read off some names and do some uh, some context. I'm going to do some context, provide you all with context by um, naming a couple of other things that these people worked on So you can get a better idea of who they are because we really on the show try to like kind of uh, push the idea, um, the truth. In fact, that like anime does not just appear out of the ether. It is something that uh, is created with human hands, with human minds, with a lot of effort. Mm -hmm. And that effort should be duly compensated and rewarded. And a part of that is, of course, like familiarizing ourselves with the people uh, behind the pens and storyboards and microphones.
0: So- yep, I, I mean Doc here is doing me a favor because I personally a hundred percent believe that anime was just mined from the earth like some sort of rare mineral. <laughs> it wasn't created; it was discovered. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, it's always I mean, been here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just you know just extracted from the deep bowels of the earth. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. some of it definitely needs to be put back there, in my opinion. But not this show, of course. <laughs> Go back where
1: you came from,
0: <laughs> elfin lead, tap, mind, tap. <laughs> mind too greedily
1: and too deeply. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, we are so concerned with whether or not we could. <laughs> we didn't stop to think oh, if we should. God. Okay, so, um, really quickly because there's, there's a number of people, um, I want to just briefly mention. I promise I'll be brief. So uh, we'll talk about episode directors. We're covering episodes 9 through 12 on this pod. So the director of episode 9 was Yudro Abe. And Abe-san directed also an episode of the recently released from Netflix Jail, Great Pretender. The second season of that, in fact. Mm. And um, also worked on Megalobox as an episode director. Uh, directed mm-hmm. the last episode, in fact, and and the assistant director, and did some stuff on Detective Conan. In addition to directing this single episode of Rakugo Shinju, episode that's ten.
0: S- sorry, that's a just, solid resume.
1: Yeah, not bad, not bad. And it's um, you know, the credit uh, they're, they're not extensive. It's not huge, but um, but he's done like at least one episode for a couple of uh, couple of good shows, uh, episode. 10. I don't know if these people are related, but it's another Abe-san. It's uh, Masashi Abe. <laughs> that must have made it very confusing in the office. <laughs> Abe, get out of here. Tell Abe to come in. Send Abe in. Did, did they have uh, <laughs> Abe
0: 1 and Abe 2 t-shirts? <laughs> like From, I so. from the cat in the Canada hat. Yes, yes.
1: Um, well, Shadon, uh, speaking of anime that uh, some people feel should be put back in the earth... But oh, I, boy. I feel, should be made into national requirement to watch. You should have to watch the show to become a citizen that's, of the United that's,
0: States. That's that's um, uh, that's not a good thing necessarily. But please, just lay it on me. Which show are you referring to? Uh, Abe Slime was production
1: advancement for Crystal Triangle. <laughs> that, speaking of Christmas uh, delights, look, that look, we have, look, look,
0: look. I remember when we watched Christmas Christmas Triangle Christmas Triangle. <laughs> <laughs> that's the uh that's the Christmas follow-up OVA mm-hmm. to it. Everyone's wearing Santa hats. Yes. And instead of and you know, like oh never mind. I, I just started to imagine my head. No, the thing about Crystal Triangle is it, it is bad, but it is perfectly situated in that realm of badness where it's just deliriously entertaining mm-hmm. you get norio Wakamoso in an earlier role and he's just there like you know you, you thinking god i should i i'm gonna go on to so much better than this shit and and it's just great fun i mean it's we horrendous. had game Newell like you know announcing the steve sales <laughs> in that film i <laughs> think i will never forget <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot. It's, I it's, it's one of those perfect. It's one of those perfect bad oh. anime that are just fun to riff on. So I'm not mm-hmm. even gonna bag them for that. You know, I'm not even gonna go in on that. I just think, <laughs> why the fuck not? That show rules.
1: That movie, rather. Uh, th- so this Abe-san has a really big, a really big CV. So it'd be hard to like talk about everything. But like, yeah, we talked about Crystal Triangle, haha. But also. Um, this person directed a couple of episodes of Blood Blockade Battlefront, which is a, a real favorite of mine because that's show who uh, was like the head creative behind that was Ri Matsumoto, and you may remember her from Kyoso Giga. She, that was our yes. baby as well. Um, we've also got here uh, working on Full Metal Panic as an episode director. That's very popular. Um, lots of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Uh, particularly like the old jojos um oh and uh yeah the the oav but also some of the newer tv credits as well uh in episode direction storyboarding got uh several my hero academia credits a uh macross frontier movie wings of goodbye he's the unit director I don't know what that is, but if he's
0: directing all the, the big units who are working on it, exactly, <laughs> <laughs>
1: totally. Um, but yeah, a lot of stuff on here spanning um, a lot of different kind of eras in anime, from like the Crystal Triangle, geno Cyber, like the, oh the weird dark period, the dark ages, here, yeah, like <laughs> to like. A, a lot of like TV schlock but also like good stuff. There's like a, the the Marvel movie, I'm sorry, the Marvel TV anime deal like with Wolverine and X-Men. Uh Abe was part of that. So, guy's have been around for a while. Um but also uh let's see if he did any more rakugo here. I'm just going to check where where is that credit? Okay. Uh no, just just episode 10 director. So, the director of episode 11 uh, is Nobukage Kimura. And Kimura-san is in a couple different magical girl properties. Uh, A a Doremi, O-I-V, the assistant director Mm -hmm. for half a dozen episodes of that. Uh, We got a Pretty Cure credit here. The original pretty cure i believe 10 episodes uh, as the episode director of that one piece um one of the movies was the ad there um storyboarded and directed an episode of orange that you and i have covered um mm-hmm. got some suritama credits uh, Oh, quite a few storyboarded uh episodes one five seven ten and eleven directed episodes one two and eleven and was the assistant director for the project overall. Um, Damn. Yeah, but also uh, did, uh, did did a lot on C control dash the money and of possibility TV. So
0: every every time I hear that with name, the yin <laughs> with the every <laughs> every time I hear that name, I just I just really think to myself like that it it feels like that seashells. seashells on the sea shore kind of thing yes it's meant like i feel like it's something that police officers if they pulled you over and tried to give you a breath test and they they didn't it didn't work and they wanted to see if you were drunk or not like can you repeat this after me please no no one could everyone would everyone would be a drunk
1: uh (laughs) but uh but yeah um kimura did the episode direction and storyboarding for episode 11 of Rakugo Shinju. Oh, also Dino coil five episodes of that and a bunch of work on cash earn sins, a show I've talked about on here before that I think is worth checking out. If you're in the mood for a moody, dark thing, that is a remake of an old superhero robot show, uh, episode 12, (laughs) the episode director of episode 12 also directed episode one of this season. Uh, Taro Kubo uh, all comes <coughs> around exactly
0: know. do you re- Do you reckon he started off as a complete novice of direction and was a master by the end of it <laughs> Let's, uh, that wouldn't would that, be very wouldn't, poetic wouldn't
1: <laughs> that would be poetic um, so I'm looking around at Kubo-san's CV nothing is jumping out at me as I look at it for the first time I mean you know there's like Blade Dance of the Elementalers. There's <laughs> Destiny of the Shrine Maiden. High School DXD. Ikitosen, Konosuba, which I know a lot of people really, really like Konosuba. I haven't, like, I gave it a shot and bounced off. I'm planning on checking it out again because, I mean, I'm such a fan of Slayers. You would think I would might enjoy Konosuba, but...
0: Wait, is it's kind of super the one with the blue-haired girl or am I misremembering? Yep,
1: aqua, right? Oh, uh, yeah. yes, yes. Where, I, we, uh, I did
0: watch what f- fucking I did watch
1: what episode. Dingus that? Otaku Boy goes to, you know, another world, Iseka, but then everyone's kind of an asshole. Um so oh, I'm glad so they're sharing so it around this time. <laughs> so it's funny. Um so school that's uh, yeah, nothing too remarkable. I mean, you know, I'm sure that people like uh, Umeneko when they cry. I, I haven't got into when they cry either. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot here, but nothing that screams incredible like uh, Rakugo does. So, but um, but you know, um, this person uh, also directed two episodes of the first season of Rakugo, so clearly a trusted individual. Hmm. Um, you know, oh, hey, Gintama, some Gintama. So the Ginta Mafia, I guess, I, I recognize the Gintama. Please don't come for me, Ginta Mafia. <laughs> um, so that's Kubo. Is that
0: what the, is that what they call themselves, that, like the Elisa yes. Army? Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. The Ginta Mafia. Wow. Uh,
1: okay, so really quickly now we'll talk about the writers for these episodes. Uh, four people wrote... um all of the screenplays for this. So they're kind wow. of... Um, they, they each have credits for two or more episodes. But uh, episode... Uh, oh, wait, we didn't do eight. We started at nine. So uh, that would be Yasuhiro Yasuhiro Nakanishi. And Nakanishi has a pretty small CV, but uh, Yushidan can appreciate that Nakanishi-san is the head writer... Uh, and mm-hmm. script writer uh, for Kaguya-sama Love is War seasons one and two. Nice, mm-hmm. nice. Yep, head writer uh, and wrote a number of the, like over half the scripts each season. Very um, good.
0: So it's probably, it's 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 a it's a coin toss whether or not he was responsible for the, uh, for the wiener joke section that was in one of those episodes
1: <laughs> yes exactly if you if you tell me the episode i could tell you if you wrote the script i can't remember okay. i can't remember I,
0: okay. w- I i i it all like well just give you all a quick summary like i really enjoyed the show i think it's great uh, there is one or two things that's off about it uh, there's some tender bits which are quite unexpected but welcome but i don't remember specific episode names numbers or anything like that because usually at the time i'm like this <laughs> and that's because i'm on the bike not because i'm doing anything else just uh-huh. in case you're curious
1: yeah, this is a talented bastard
0: because in addition <laughs> to, like,
1: being the head writer for Kaguya-sama both seasons and writing these screenplays for Rakugo both seasons, might I add three three episodes of screenplay for second season and three episodes of the screenplay for the first season, Dude is also the head writer for uh, Toilet-Bound Hanako-kun. Which again, ah, uh, excellent show despite the weird ass title. Um, yeah, wow. Um, man. Uh, I, I don't know how Digimons fail Digimons Digimon fans feel about the <laughs> the loss movie. Digimon try loss. Uh, this fellow wrote the screenplay for that. Five scripts for Carol and Tuesday, which is amazing. So yeah, Nakanishi
0: Yasuhiro. Uh, what do you said, by the way about Digimon fans? Do they call themselves like we had the two groups already. Do they call themselves Digiman's? Hmm. You know, what Digifams? would they
1: be? What would they where they would be Digibro? No, that's a different <laughs> person. Uh <laughs> we we'll have to work on to workshop this. Um Digimon fans write in to tell us what you refer to yourselves collectively. Are you are you
0: are you a Digiman's? Or are you Digifans? Just just curious. Um the next
1: person we're going to talk about the uh, the writer of the screenplay for episode 10, uh, Toko uh, Machida. Let's see, she... Oh, she is the staff in a lot of things. <laughs> um, so just off the top, things that are jumping out at me, uh, we've got Danganronpa. The animation wrote the script for three of those episodes. Now, that is a pretty slavish adaptation of the game, but it is still good. Um, the adaptation of the um, Arakawa version of the Heroic Legend of Arslan uh, TV wrote uh, some scripts for that. Um, that is also a very good source material. Uh, Konosuba showing up again um scripts just
0: keeps roaring back mm-hmm. scripts
1: for that s- second season of that uh katana Gatari wrote scripts for that Shadon, you know Ooh. that show um i am not from yeah it's that.
0: Like, uh, as god i i'm never mind like the ending of that show is, <laughs> you don't is, like is the end di- it's, it's divisive shall we say mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> fan favorite princess jellyfish that is uh reputedly an excellent jose series that i've not gotten around to see um but it's supposed to be amazing. Um, Lots of show by rock credits, some space brothers credits. That's a really good thing. Oh, worked a lot, worked a lot on this poor person, this poor lady.
0: Oh, I, I could tell by the tone of your voice then that you were, you, you were like, oh no. Oh
1: wait. Oh, well let me say a good thing first. Wrote the script to Suritama episodes five and 10.
0: The Suritama. Yeah,
1: baby. Uh, Just keep swimming back. But, man, I haven't seen this show, and the statement I'm about to make has nothing to do with the quality of the show, but more to do with the uh, annoying nature of its lead creative. Uh, That show, that franchise, is Wake Up Girls, a.k.a. Wug. Um.
0: I don't know anything about Wake Up Girls, but I'm sorry, the acronym WUG, Wug. is just it it, it just slays me. I wanna know what WUG is.
1: I want you to show me. There was a <laughs> lot of jokes there was a lot of jokes one day on Twitter about that randomly. Uh Jesus thank Christ you, um Dave Merrill for those lovely jokes. Um Wake Up Girls is like an idol show kind of made in the wake of like Love Live and stuff like that, Idol Master. Um, But this one is associated with uh, Giant Asshole Yamakon <laughs> So uh, Yeah That's all we need to say about that uh, We're halfway through the uh, writers here So episode 11 We have the screenplay uh, Or script rather by Yuko uh, Kakihara And Kakihara-san uh, has written Bang Dream um some stuff for Bang Dream a lot of Aikatsu a whole shit ton of Aikatsu was the head writer <laughs> on some Aikatsu on a lot of Aikatsu wrote the scripts for several se- like episodes of seasons of Aikatsu by the way Aikatsu is uh, like a hugely popular magical girl thing like po- super popular in Japan and has kind of like mm-hmm. a cult following over here um oh also another talented bastard um, was uh, <laughs> <laughs> head writer for two seasons of the show and wrote screenplays and scripts uh, for the other season. Uh, have you heard of uh, Chihaya Furu?
0: Yes. Yes, I and have. Yes.
1: Uh, excellent, excellent show. Like, incredibly, like, reminds me of this show, actually, in a lot of ways. Um like the some of the some tone stuff and some of the prestige feel, like about you know it's a show about a kind of niche Japanese uh, art form slash mm-hmm. co- competitive activity. Um, so yeah, Chihiafuru, Uh Heaven's Lost Property, your most favorite thing. Um, the head oh, writer. Oh Jesus! <laughs> the I head writer forgot for, about that. <laughs> for Heaven's Lost ah! Property also wrote Chihayafuru. <laughs> I had no idea. That's amazing. He got to pay the bill somehow. So,
0: yeah, yeah, he, that's it. Like, the, 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 look, look, right. I'm just gonna go with he. He literally went on a poker site, mm-hmm. and he was completely blitzed out of his face. <laughs> and he was just saying like, "Hit me, hit me, hit me." And why did he get hit? All right, when he woke up the following morning, he was hungover oh. as fuck, and he owed two thousand dollars or some shit like that. And he's like, yeah. "I've got to pay the bill somehow. I will write this garbage slave, pro-slavery show." Fuck it, I'll do it. Fuck it. I've got to, I've got to pay it because otherwise the casino will come and they'll kill me with playing cards or something. I know. I don't know. I've seen kaiji. I'm just assuming be. that's how. I'm just assuming that's how all Japanese casinos work, like mm-hmm. kaiji, where you lose a finger or something. So uh, something I should mention
1: uh, is Kotetsushin Ko- Jig, Steel God Jig, remake of an old Go-Nagai robot show. It's really fucking dumb and great. That's I, going to go. I love really, it, it? <laughs> um, but also again, talented bastard alert. Uh, head writer for the Orange TV series and wrote nice. the script. Wrote the script for the movie. Um,
0: but so I mean, I'm sorry, I'm still trying to process the <laughs> and photo in Orange. So- God, yeah.
1: Um. Oh, also, like, so you you like the original Persona 4 animation, right? Not the.
0: Not the golden okay. one, though. No. the gold, The gold The golden one is. So, um, this
1: person is the head writer for that and wrote nine of the scripts.
0: Wow, fair play. So,
1: Kakihara um, Yuko.
0: And finally, uh, I wonder, sorry, I wonder which on his CV he's not going to mention in casual conversation.
1: <laughs> Something just put, at the, put at the bottom or like, you know, I've got so many credits. I'll, I'll just leave this
0: off. They, they have like, <laughs> they have like, you know, like this little group of writers in the industry and they get together for drinks. And then suddenly there's just some guy who just walks past and he's like, hey, aren't you the guy who wrote the script? To-? And then, and then he's just like, shut up, shut up, shut up. And then he just starts <laughs> throwing beer bottles in to make him go away. <laughs> We don't talk
1: about that. That's right. He's people apprehend. People put a chloroform rag over his mouth, drag him into an alley. You've forgotten. You've forgotten all uh, So June uh, Kumagai. Uh, Kumagai-san uh, has an interesting CV, uh, head writer for uh, Aquarian Logos, which is mm-hmm. um, a thing associated with Shoji Kawamori and the Studio Satellite. It's a... Batshit robot franchise. As it should be. mm -hmm. I've also got uh, a number of scripts for uh, the second season of Gatchaman Crowds Insight.
0: Nice. Mm -hmm. Nice.
1: Um, A lot of, uh, so worked on all four of those Persona 3 films uh, and both seasons of the Persona 4, like the vanilla and the golden TV. Um, and unfortunately, oh boy, oh this this is oh, come a on. this is a milestone sing- right as,
0: here. As, have, as a single person, we mentioned thus far escapes having at least one black mark on their resume. No, they have. Did they all? Did they there's, all? There's did, they all en- did, did they all end up just in the casino on the same night and just <laughs> you know put themselves into real debt when they had to make these turgid pieces yeah. of crap? Anyway, go on, lay it okay. on me, dog. What's the so, millstone? And I should note this
1: is the head writer for uh for the first and second seasons of rock ago so this is the 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 big cheese so okay uh, wrote every single script oh
0: no that's a bad stop (laughs) for,
1: for psychopath season two
0: Oh. people did
1: not like that season of psychopaths i
0: didn't i didn't even watch it because i was warned off it from yeah. word of mouth that i mean i didn't i like psychopaths as is but i didn't think it was all that special in terms of like hmm. you know high concept sci-fi anime and then the fact that the second season somehow is substantially worse and all of them as well holy crap yeah but like, like yeah. You, we've 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 talked for example before about how you know there's a bit of rotation on like staff rise and such mm-hmm. on shows and so sometimes whenever you have to like whenever you watch a bad show and you're like who do I blame you you don't only <laughs> have to start ticking names off a list here but no you can just point to one person that's that's a problem in of itself
1: i know that's it's it's tough because anime is such a collective venture uh so we try to drill down as best we can but these things are imperfect and it's it's not a perfect science you know because you could follow this writer that you really like over the 2000s, like Daisato, you could get really hyped for the new Daisato show, and it turns out oh, to be listeners. Oh yeah, we could, we could. Turns out to be listeners.
0: Man, you you know what you know what's crazy? Uh, I'm currently doing the 12 Days of Anime uh, microblogging thing where I'm tweeting about like 12 anime that I saw this year that I quite liked. That mm-hmm. uh, well, you didn't you,
1: you did a Christmas goal also. Which I love. Oh, there's
0: going to be a second Christmas call for on Christmas Day, don't worry, because I have another <laughs> Good. show in mind that I utterly despise. But the thing is, listeners is not even going to make the cut for anything oh. either the likes or dislikes, which is if it, which we've discussed this before, is in of itself kind of a very damning thing where, okay, you were just so insignificant and so like, milk toast, that you don't deserve any acknowledgement of your actual content. The only acknowledgement you deserve is the fact that you were just there. You know? Like watching tumbleweed go down the road, basically. Yeah.
1: I mean, other notables uh, wrote two scripts for Terror and Resonance, which I'm currently watching, and which I think is a real. Uh, I mean, how do I say this? Like the pr- is there a
0: terror and is it in resonance?
1: Yes, and yes. Um. So. I think the issues that I have with that show, I would not blame on any individual script writer. Rather, that's like a. a mo- the issues I have are a lot more fundamental and kind of to do with like what the project was at its conceptual stage. But the scripts themselves are really tightly paced and the show is so watchable and it just like such great popcorn that I like, I, I think. This person deserves credit for these scripts. Um, I'm not going to talk about Valvrave the Liberator seasons one and two because the less said about Valvrave the Liberator, the better. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, look, if you are like, hey, the head writer of Rakugo seasons one and two, I want to follow them. What are they up to? Well, let me tell you, Tokyo Babylon is coming out next year. And oh, boy, this is the head writer for Tokyo Babylon the 2021 version, and there's already a lot of discourse about the show online. So. L-
0: well, 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 I mean, I've heard that the, the material itself is great. Uh, it's just that it's been given to studio hands from my family. Oh, yeah! That's right. Which, <laughs> That's the reason which, people are not looking forward to it. Too, studio, <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, and th- I mean, I've seen... Uh handshakers, <laughs> the first episode. Have you? I haven't seen it yet. Is it is it all yes. that it's like cracked up to be? Well, it combines <laughs> uh once and sexual assault, which is great. Oh, uh great. with some truly, truly appalling uh visual design, animation, and CG. Um but look, right. With regards to Sokio Babylon, here's the thing. I like studio hand seats operate on a level as far as like their, you know skill goes in terms of creating shows where they are just above making people physically sick through like how bad their animation is and they are also just somehow inexplicably above the quality of a ps2 cutscene. so so like they ruby barely
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: they probably have a bigger budget than rooster T's, to be fair i will i will give them okay. that much okay. at least um I mean, I'll, I'll bag Ruby on many things, but I'll not bag it on how it's animated because of various reasons. Uh, but I will not say this, I will not give the same credits to studio hands because everything I've seen of theirs so far just makes me think that, you know, like how back in the early, like the late 80s, the early 90s, that there were scenes from certain Japanese shows uh, that could give people epileptic fits, you mm-hmm. know, could cause some time of that. I think they are, yes, yeah. yeah they, they, it feels like they are really desperately wanting to revive that as an art form. As if it hadn't already been revived this year, unfortunately, in the video game world. Uh-huh. Um, looking at oh, you, CD yeah. Project Red. Um, oh man, I can't wait for the I can't wait for the Cyberpunk anime to come out and to be unfinished and really buggy. Great. Everyone's gonna be T-posing.
1: <laughs> it's gonna be people's like cars appearing on top of other cars, making them yeah. explode. I, I
0: do I do find it quite funny though that CD Projekt Red were all in on the idea of you know. We're gonna, we don't oh. want our team to do crunch, but they have done crunch. Mm-hmm. And now we're gonna get a different team in to do crunch for our project because, of course, that's how anime is made. <sighs> but, um, it all blends together. Yay! Yes, exactly. Woo! Just to close the loop on Ruby, I don't
1: think Ruby's poorly animated either. I just think the models and the, the backgrounds, like, it, at least early on, I've only seen the first couple of episodes and. The assets look like PlayStation 2 assets. Now, the, how those assets move is nice and fluid, but the, the art and the models themselves are pretty
0: trash <laughs> early on. Well, or just old, think, just old. Think, I don't,
1: I don't mind it per se, but it just looks
0: old. Well, you think that's bad? It does the BNA crime of trying to try to preach tolerance, but ultimately doesn't. Oh, you know, basically, yeah, sad. There's a race of animal people, and they are discriminated against somehow. We don't show it, though, and the villains are all permanently animal people who want to fight for equality, but they're not fighting for it because there's no actual inequality going on that we're going to show in the show. It's pretty bad. But again, that's what you get when two fuckwits who have never actually done any writing credits in their time try to do writing about, you know... know. um ethnic, ethnic and minority situation. <laughs> who are also, these two, by the way, not uncoincidentally white boys.
1: And who don't, yeah, I know. And there's there's... Just watch the H-Bomber guy fucking autopsy of rupee <laughs> rupee yeah I, I
0: like i i basically agree with all of his points but i actually think he goes a bit too soft on in places Ooh, to be funny but, okay uh anyway never mind yeah never mind. back
1: <clears throat> back on course but before we get to patron but, questions Shadon, let's take a very brief break and we'll be back in a moment
0: all right we're back uh, we are back yeah thank you very kindly uh mm-hmm. doc i hope that your journey whatever you're doing was eventful uh did you or did you not fist fight a bear while you were out uh i did fist fight a bear and as the great
1: i believe it was mystical once said if you come upon me in the woods and i'm fist fighting a bear
0: help that bear (laughs) oh well well played my friend well played Okay, so it is time. Let us get down to the meat of the matter. Let's discuss these final four episodes and talking points thereof. And just give you all a bit of a refresh on how this works, because this is our Death Show the Third format. Uh, we will not be doing a full plot synopsis of every single episode, we'll simply be going into talking points and providing context as we go along. Uh, but before we do that, of course, we do have patron questions, and the very first one today comes from Atomic Robot. it goes something a little bit like this. How do you feel about the introduction of supernatural elements in such a realistic show? Are we supposed to take these scenes as literal, or as a dying dream, or maybe both? Now, I'm actually going to pass this over to you, Doc, because I do have strong thoughts on this, but I've historically, like, whenever I've read these questions, I've been going, well, let me get right into it. I'm going to let you take the yeah. reins this time. So over to you, Chief. Well, um,
1: I think they have done a good job laying the groundwork for these over time. Um, I don't think, you know, this batch of episodes is the first time that they've necessarily been introduced. Um, the second season has, has laid it on pretty thick at times. I mean, you know... Uh, Yakumo has had near-death experience before when he's with Sukeroku like in the big room of candles and he's being like hung off the edge of the balcony Um, and we are set up for that um, that kind of being transported somewhere else even in the first season when you see the storytellers um, on stage but then you know the scene will cut to them in the location that they're talking about, perhaps even in makeup and dress that they're, that they're speaking about. And, um, so yeah, I think that the show wants to posit that, you know, this aspect of, of, you know, the world, uh, as it sees it, um, uh is a real one i mean maybe you could kind of take it as metaphorical or sort of a storyteller thing um but i think however you take it i don't think it's very jarring i think it does feel appropriate uh thematically and it it doesn't feel like inconsistent to me um Mm -hmm. uh, what so could you repeat your question again
0: there was a word i wanted to focus on uh, how do you feel about the introduction mm-hmm. of supernatural elements in such a realistic show? Are we supposed to take these scenes as literal or as a dying dream or maybe both? Right. Well, I think uh, so. I don't know
1: I, I, how I feel about how I feel about it is that I don't necessarily think that there is a, a supposed to like a hard and fast rule. I think like I'm comfortable with the ambiguity of it. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, I took it all as pretty literal, honestly, um, and just as a how do I put this? like Plato, through Socrates, often talks about like the poets as kind of having access to a realm through their imagination or something like that that other people don't um, mm-hmm. and Maybe there's kind of something like that at play here that, like, storytellers, you know, because they're they're performers. But I think storytellers, chiefly, when it comes to this aspect of the show, like, I don't know, like maybe that that there's some that they're in tune with a part of of the world that that other people necessi- might not be. Um, but then again, mm. you have Matsuda there who swears he, he, you know, even after years after, 16 years or whatever after, he's like, hey, I, uh, I ferried Yakumo across the river. Um, but then again, I mean, he started out as a storyteller. He was apprenticed, but gave it up because he didn't mm. think he was cut out for it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't I wouldn't kill someone for going either way with it. Although I myself took it as pretty literal and was very satisfied with kind of that viewing experience. It didn't feel off or wrong or inconsistent with the tone or anything like that for me. No, yeah. Because as, as Yakumo kind of kept crept closer and closer to the end of his days, it's kind of kept being that like the, that stuff was increasingly a part of the show. And, and maybe it just kind of reflects how occupied he was with the next world post post life i don't know mm-hmm. what do you think I,
0: I i i will say by the way that i think it was the opening to episode uh nine when we had Sukuroku's demon eyes again appear in the opening i was like <laughs> that ramp. was my immediate warning that we were in for some bad shit right. we were in for a bad time <laughs> um okay so here's the thing right um I'm going to interrogate this in a way as to try and figure out what the writers ultimately wanted to accomplish with this. Uh, and I'm not saying that cause I don't see it. I absolutely do. But I think there's actually a neat beauty to this in that you can have your cake and eat it with both ways of interpreting it. If it is a very supernatural, there is literally a Buddha who is seeing uh Jacomo off to the next life in a, a wonderful way, by the way, but we'll discuss that soon enough. Um, or if it is just literally a dream that he is having on his deathbed, hmm. um, you still get the same outcome, which is that he finds a sense of forgiveness for himself, mm-hmm. which I think is really key here. Uh, be it from an external authority, which in this case would be God, as as presents in the show, or he forgives himself, finally. But I mean, you know, either of that is still a, is still appealing, mm-hmm. like, you know, someone who's left such a life where he's felt guilty for all these things that have happened. Um, so if it is a supernatural thing, and it is just the case that the Buddha is like saying, look... You're not a bad person. Let me give you one final moment uh, to truly live the way you should have lived. You know, to have your... uh, You like how in Taylor Two says you have the best of times and worst of times? Well, this is the best of times now for you. And nothing else. Um, But in turn, um, Yakimo is a creative person and it wouldn't... Well, I do generally find the idea of coma dreams a bit hackneyed in... Depending on how they're applied. Mm -hmm. I think this one works here because it doesn't result in him coming back. It's mm-hmm. his send-off. And he chooses to give himself a send-off where rather than all those tortured visions of Sukeroku trying to kill him, like what happened in episode nine, for example, with the theater the burning, burning down, right. where Su- where Sukeroku in his mind was, a, you know, a demon who blamed him for everything and just said, look, just take the match. Mm-hmm. Just throw the fire out there. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. No, he actually sees him as now as the friend he's always known him as. Mm-hmm. And they get to have one final proper you know day together yeah, so
1: and Miyokichi as well because she's appeared to him as a very sort of foreboding kind of ways before but not so in, yes. in the last the penultimate episode
0: yeah absolutely so whether or not you believe it to be a supernatural thing or for it just to be uh, bond's own imagination as he is passing on from this lie to the next mm-hmm. um, to me you can read the end result the ultimate end result as the same in which that he, the guilt is gone. Yeah. It is either gone through a higher authority, which I think that if you are religious would be very appealing. Um, I think that, you know, sometimes people do feel like they want to be forgiven by an objective higher deity, like, you know, not by, say, some regular person, by some uh, some force in the universe, right. you know what I mean. Sure. Um, but alternatively, of course, if you don't believe it to be supernatural and it is just his own thoughts giving this flight of fancy before he passes away, then... Well, look at the context in which it happens. He attends a festival with Sukeroku and the They have a proper night at the Rako Theater, where mm-hmm. you know Sukuroku and Bond perform, and Bond, in particular, I should stress, performs as a young man, which ties, of course, into him saying that he was losing his physical no, capabilities. Per- he performs of being able as to- an
1: old man. Well, okay, he, yes, he, sorry. Yeah, right, he shows um, up. Yeah, he. Um, they start out as as kids walking the road, and then in in the theater district, they are young men and then uh when he goes up on stage he's grandpa because he wants um shinosuke to see him perform and shinosuke knows him as grandpa yeah you're you right know, so that's why i think he took on that form yeah. for his final performance yeah
0: i i i'm I mis- <clears throat> sorry i mistook that but he still imagined himself for a time totally, as a younger man totally. uh, <clears throat> so he allows himself like this slice of fancy this uh Palace of the Mind, if you want to call it that, where he um, allows himself to enjoy life, even as it slips through his fingers at the very end. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you can interpret it either way, and I think the beauty of the show is you can—you are totally welcome to do that. You're right. Um, because both of you give the satisfying feeling this is a man who's finally at peace with himself. Because yeah. I think... I mean, that's... Yeah,
1: I think I agree with all that, because I think he's achieved a... A measure of forgiveness, contentment, and everything like that, right before he dies, um, mm-hmm. and because I and I don't think I think that Bon would not be the sort of person that could forgive himself. I mean, he's carried this shit around for so long, but I think his last conversation with Konatsu and. Him accepting her as apprentice and kind of how that conversation goes, like, yes, is the release that he needed. I think yeah. that they come to this place where, and it's it's amazing, honestly, that moment because normally in shows like any show, I think that resolution that does not specifically address the injustice, like the problem put it out there, be honest about it, have an accounting and then all parties know everything and then they can move forward. Like that's more of what I want and when that doesn't happen, it often frustrates me, but mm-hmm. in this case, I think fuck justice because everyone has suffered enough and everyone like loves each other now and it doesn't really matter at this point in their lives who did what it wouldn't change anything for anyone meaningfully because of all the hardship and pain and growing together and Mm -hmm. learning to love each other that they've done so I think that conversation allows him to let go and so I think yeah whether or not you believe buddha or the spirit of Sukaroku and miyokichi really forgave him or not i think he has gotten there in the end and and I, d- I do think it's interesting that you mentioned like and and emily too that it the the possibility that such a vivid dream i mean we see um yakumo and Sukaroku and yotaro and others as these like storytellers that um that tell such compelling tales that that they themselves get wrapped up in and they see like they go to that other plane of existence where they're taking the audience you know but i think i don't know I th- that's where i think the, that really interesting ambiguity is because you could say right that they're uh that their imagination is so vivid that at the end of their live, uh, lives, it just kind of runs away with them. Mm -hmm. But, but the show has always kind of left, just left out there this possibility of like, you know, storytellers really can take you to another place. So there go. There are these planes of reality or existence or whatever that the mind at the very least can kind of go to or ascend to that like, I don't know, like I, there, and there's ways to explain that phenomenon away, way, but like the show doesn't really get into that. Like it, you kind of can feel yeah. how you want to about it. Yeah.
0: I, I will add as well, by the way, that even then just to enhance that further, there's something cogent about the idea of if it is truly a spiritual thing, <clears throat> then that actually goes in parallel with how, you know, even something that might get left behind, like religion, can still have power in the modern era, much as Rakugo can. Right. Um, and then, in turn, though, if you don't believe it's a spiritual thing, as you said about like Bond's power as a storyteller, like it would be a fitting way for him to see himself out—that the last person he would tell a story to mm-hmm. would be himself. Well, what what do you make then of
1: um, Yotaro seeing seeing spirits at the end? I, we don't think he's necessarily oh. close to death um
0: no I, di- I didn't think so either uh f- i think i'm gonna just put that down as also a symbol life it's like a poetic license
1: of the of the
0: creators yeah. yeah what would what would be said you know what what would they think of this moment that kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah
1: yeah I, c- I mean i could see that too that was like incredible holy shit mm. that that whole thing there's so many incredible moments in this oh, man. set of episodes. So, we sh-
0: next question. <laughs> all right, uh, we have a batch of questions here from Kate Rose. Okay. Um we have rank your top 3 characters and why you chose them. Um, <clears throat> so god. <laughs> this is difficult because like I don't feel I could rank them it's conventionally really because because they're all they're all good for different reasons and they're all in the show for different reasons, so it's difficult. Uh, well obviously number one's going to be Bond because I agree well he's he's the he's the bones of the show in more ways than one is like his life he's the li- yeah it is, is his entire life and it's a life hard fought but event in the end well lived I would argue and yeah. it really did hurt me to see like I said in the previous episode that we did about his decline and then also what happens in these episodes but also um, the beauty of his passing which mm-hmm. I'll discuss later separately uh oof. konatsu was always fun just because she was you know constantly belligerent towards everyone she's my number three she always had <laughs> yeah she always she always had that means of just being like i'm getting too old for this shit even though she wasn't actually old I uh, love, and i'm gonna put master no
1: I, I love mama konatsu uh, that we got to see in the last <laughs> episode it's so
0: great just it's exactly the how i would have the- imagined her being older <laughs> exactly. yeah and I'm gonna say Matster's number three, because he was just a rock throughout all of it. He's really
1: great. He did not he would not make my top three. I'll put Yotaro at number two. Cause
0: mm-hmm. I
1: mean, he's just amazing. Like he's so like he's innocent uh and and good, but not in not naive. I think we may have talked about this in a previous episode. Yeah. But, and and has like a really strong sense of, of justice, even though he can't. He probably couldn't put it into words, right? Because he doesn't. He's not like super educated or whatever. But like, I don't know. He still is, seems wise when he's even when he's young, and like, he's incredibly loyal to Konatsu. He took Shinosuke under his under his uh, wing like immediately from the time he was born. He said, "You're my son. You're my son. Yes. And I love." Even though he's not his his kid, um, and there's just so many things like that where i think i mean this is just he's just a good lad you know he's just a good honest lad and i i really really like him he's, he's a sweetheart he is after the stone cold seriousness of kikuhiko i think mm-hmm. like yotaro is such like a good kind of fit to inherit the the yakumo name um and a breath of fresh air for that whole scene
0: mm. Yeah, can I add one small thing? I was going to bring some talking point later, a very brief one, but now that you're mentioning him, I should say. Did you note, by the way, how his mannerisms had changed ever so subtly in the final episode, where he seemed to be acting a tiny little bit more when he's doing the like hmm. the onstage performance, like uh, Bon was. Like he's not entirely like full-on blown, tiled up to eleven, energy and extroversion. There's a bit more of a formality hmm. swim. It felt to me like he'd changed just ever so slightly without losing what made him who he is of course mm-hmm. but he seems like over the years as he has slipped more more the that role he's gained that little bit of an edge to it where he has grown as a person and is now a little bit more fun which i mean mm. we can all debate all day like about what kind like do we are we Sukurokus or are we hikikos <laughs> like you know uh, like Those that's that's the, the like gender. that's like the <laughs> yeah the, the, those are the two genders yeah like which one are we closest to uh but i think there's an argument to be made. that you know like hey um a little bit of formality brings its own kind of prestige and appeal in itself and i, I really like that little subtle change in his mannerisms yeah yeah that's that shinigami was great mm, indeed indeed uh right next question uh comes from kate as well Highlight your highest, most liked, and lowest, most disappointing moment or seen in these final oh, episodes. Oh, oh, boy. Oh, oh. oh shit, Lord. dog. Um, boy. Mate, you're having a laugh. You're having a laugh, mate. Get, Get out of here, you. mate. You're uh, having a laugh. Man. S- slick your hook. Um, right. Uh, okay. This. This is hard. Yeah. Um, the, well, well, one part of it's hard. hard
1: for the... One, the, the good naming the best moment is... That's a tough choice. Uh, naming I, I the just I just want to say the
0: entirety easy. of episode 11, to be quite honest, and just leave it there. See,
1: yeah, I, I mean, episode 11 was so good. Like, I really liked episode 10, though. Like...
0: Yeah, the, the closing scenes were a lot. were really,
1: really sweet. Like, they were, yeah, like... You know, you have Bond on his uh, just being so taken care of by Konatsu, you know, and he's, you know, I've only been concerned about Rakugo, like I've never taken time to like appreciate moments like this. And there's so much I still wanted to do Um, that whole fucking scene when Konatsu revealed she was pregnant.
0: To you, to her, i was like yeah Fuck yes yes <laughs> yeah, yeah! Boy, you did yes it. So they did it <laughs> was so oh, happy. and it and it was it was it was so charming how it was handled as well it's it was really cute um i i will say this actually i suppose like if you want like best moment from me is she took it this is gonna sound strange to it's, it's actually gonna episode. be it's gonna, that was so good <laughs> it's gonna sound, it's gonna sound strange uh, because I'm going to say my best moment was something that we didn't see. <laughs> and I'm also going to say that my most disappointing <laughs> moment was something we didn't see as well. So I, I'm keeping it consistent. Uh, but but um, one of the things I really love about these final two episodes, with, uh, which is uh, episode 10 and 11 before Bomb passes away, is we don't see him pass away. Mm. Now, I'm not saying, of course, he's still alive, but what I'm saying is the show goes to great pains to show us that, you know, not him at death's like mm-hmm. on his death's door at the moment he passes, where we have the episode right. peak, <laughs> you know that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah, we don't get that. What we get though is we get to see a man in episode 10 uh finally have you know that accepting yeah. moment with Kanatsu with his daughter, I would argue, as would I. Um, you know, which was beautiful, <laughs> yeah, which was which yeah. was truly beautiful. I, I, it really, it really stung so seeing that so uh, in a good way. Um, but we don't then, of course, like have the moment where he passes out and she's like, "Get the doctor" and all that. No, no, we get to see you know him have yeah. a dignity, you know, in the in his final hours, and we get to see the last moments of him be him as he should be remembered, which is a man finally at peace, finally you know able to truly love his family and be loved in turn, and then whether you believe it's spiritual or not, to see him you know find a sense of peace and have. The best of a time at the end of it, you know, to live his best moments in his dying mo- in in the time he dies, without so the fact we never see it, I think was an incredibly great move on the part of the writers, just to give this character the send off he deserves, where we don't see him at his lowest, but instead we see him at his greatest
1: yeah that's 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 really awesome. I hadn't thought about it in that way, but that's very true um yeah, that was very beautiful. Uh, very beautiful moment. I, I'm going to stick with the pregnancy announcement. I mean, that was, I think, like there were just so many amazing, amazing scenes in these episodes that really, really got to me. You know, you talked about many of them. We'll talk about many of them going forward. But yeah, I just think that part, like Konatsu and Yotaro's relationship and they're kind of watching their love for each other bloom has been like a real joy and i don't know that it's real you know that like that she can survive the trauma that she's been through to start her own family and make something beautiful out of her life is really special
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: that's so earned yeah
0: she she does explicitly at least at one point say like you know she has her mother's blood um and i'll confess um I've had moments in my life where knowing who my mother is and what she is like and what she is capable of. And I've always feared a little bit. Am I capable mm-hmm. of that myself? Am I capable of being as vile as her? Right. Uh, I would yeah. argue not. I'm at the point in my life now where I feel pretty comfortable that I'm a fairly decent guy, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. But it's, it's just, if you think it's an unrealistic concern, like, you, know, you even when, you know, obviously biologically speaking, that's not really much of a link, I would argue. Uh, I still think it's there for people. To say, like, have they been such an influence on me that I in turn could be like that? And no, that, that's not true. So I get, I agree with you one hundred percent. That's to see her, like you know, think I'm in a comfortable place now where I can start, like, a, well, continue my family yeah. uh with my husband, like you know, where I'm, I'm in that happy place. Like I really do think that's it's a amazing, great moment, amazing, and like
1: it, the the way I read her saying that she's a slave to her blood in that scene right before. uh Yakuma passes is um I think she just for so much of her life wanted to hate him but could not and I think you know maybe that's what she meant by that because her mom despite everything really loved Bond, and so she couldn't not also feel warm toward him um
0: yeah can i add one can i add yeah. one small thing by the way of course. Uh, that's just occurred to me while i've been talking which is kanatsu like having that conversation with bomb like where you know she manages like so she's pregnant and all that um i how amazing is it that as great a storyteller as he is he never told her such a compelling and convincing story of his own history and life that it stops her from loving him in the end yeah there's something about that failure of him to do that that's so brilliant like you'd think, like a master storyteller like him would have had it wound up perfectly, but no. Love triumphed yeah, and over. He that told. In the he end. told her just about he, everything. and maybe, and maybe even. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, yeah, it's it's incredible. All right. Uh, yeah. We disappointing. We got to do this do Okay. This All right. I'm um, I'm gonna make a confession. I'm gonna make a confession here. I've only managed to watch these episodes once. I was planning to rewatch them, but just didn't get around to it. So, Doc, I'm gonna rely on you to correct any inaccuracies in what I'm about to say, but. Do we ever get a scene uh, of Kanatsu's first proper Rakugo performance after becoming Yakumo's apprentice? I think we literally go from end, episode, end of episode mm-hmm. 10, when we last see her, to start of episode 12, and then someone says, you're like the first mm-hmm. proper female Rakugo performer. Yeah, um, yeah we see her on stage the at the very get... end with all of them.
1: She's going to be part of the performance, but we only see shinosuke and um yotaro we don't ever see her get to do, do yeah the show. we only get to see
0: her do the, yeah. the time. <laughs> which is was yeah cool there, that that i thought mm-hmm. was disappointing because here's the thing right this show f- does actually do in my opinion a lot of good of saying here's what the future of rakko should finally go down like we get little things for example like shinosuke listening to Rakugo on his mp3 player and I'm like, that's good. I like that because for one, it shows like, you know, him using this way of practice, but also it shows a method in which you could get go out there to more people, you know, you could have like these uh, distinguished uh, performers like doing audio mm-hmm. go like that kind of thing. That's good. I'm glad they bring that up. Um, and indeed, I also should know, I forget the writer's name, but he says like, you know, like here are my works. And then Yosuro uh, says back to him are there any works for like women yeah, you baby. know like written by about women etc which yeah which it's a good start i will admit that it's not the best start because ideally it should be a work written by a woman for a woman sure. but again this is sure. a progressive it's a it's a progression thing we don't cut corners on this we have to admit that not everything happens there's you steps, know, go right? straight yeah, to the yeah. ideal mm-hmm. end point immediately yeah but I bring all those things up only then to highlight that it seems a bit daft that we only ever get the one performance of Kanatsu doing Rakko in the entire show. And we and we don't get to see her in her prime doing a moment. Like for for going all about like how Rakugo should change and be, you know, like a little bit more progressive and all that, it kind of undercuts the show's own message when it doesn't actually then show mm-hmm. that firsthand. Now I am willing to admit that this is again probably more a function of a lack of time than anything. Like we discussed previously, where would you have slid that in? Granted, you could I think have done maybe this. could have had thirty seconds I, of her I like mid-performance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm glad that she did actually become a rakugo master in the end because I was really worried that was never going to happen. I thought she, her we were going to have the parallel thing of uh, Yosro preserving rakugo through. You know, being a new apprentice versus her preserving Rakugo through having children <laughs> who would be interesting. i like, yeah, 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 no. Right. no I mean, yeah. And we dodged that. that's part of it. I don't think that the end result was as. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was not as good as it could have been, to be quite I really wanted to see her do, like, a proper performance. Either we could have had an instant scene of her very first performance as a Fusume, or we could have had one of her as a Shinuchi. Whatever. Like, give us a big, like, tentpole uh landmark performance for her where she's up for the first time she might be a little worried like i'm a woman going to do ragu or what the hell this is strange and unusual but then she gets on stage and everyone just treats her as they should which is normally and she pulls a blinder yeah that would that's ruled. what i want to see back up don't don't tell us she's a master yeah Show i us. mean
1: it was it was good that she was on stage with everyone um at the big thing but yeah i i agree that they could have done that um you know the that is one of the big ways that uh, that the new generation carried rockago forward. Thankfully, rockago did not go to the grave with Bon. Um, you know, another way was like foreigners getting to do it. You know, because they mentioned uh, east and west. Well, but none of them. You know, we did. We didn't really get to see that either. <laughs> um, but but apparently, over 150 people, quote unquote, east and west, are doing are now involved in the Rock-A-Go trade. And so it's uh, it's flourishing in different places, uh, which is very good. And new stories are being written. It's being put in new forms, like you said. You know, there's, there's MP3s. Uh, there's new stories. There's women performing. So that's all well and good. But yeah, I, I also would have liked to see it. Um, uh,
0: did you have something you wanted to add before I get to my disappointing scene? No. No, uh, but I have a funny feeling. I know which one it's going to be. Uh, but we'll we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm wondering. I'm wondering. Well, scratch my beard while you say. You this. talked
1: about uh, Konatsu's legacy uh, to the world of Vraca.
0: Oh, I knew it! I knew it! You I about knew it! Her legacy. I to knew the you world. were going to say oh. that. And it was. It, and it was my runner-up. It was my runner-up. I, I, mean, I knew this is it. Just,
1: this is so disappointing. So. I mean what more I don't know how to dress it up other than just say like the show uh, does everything but say the words outright that uh, Kiku Hiko and Konatsu fucked and Shinosuke is their son <laughs> like I yeah, uh, just I mean it really undercuts like a lot of they're nice moments for me, I just really struggled with this, and maybe it shouldn't I don't know, because I mean you don't know I don't know I mean, was it consensual? Does it matter? I mean, they're father and daughter, fucking fuck dude, like I mean, not real father and daughter, but basically they are, and i I just i I am really, really surprised the writers went here because it feels very inconsistent with both the characters of Kiku and Konatsu. I think that they just wanted to have a character who was the son of Kiku and the Tsukeroku that inherited both bloodlines or whatever to move Rakugo forward that that was somehow kind of symbolically uh, profound or something like that. Um, but to me i even think it would have been better if Bond had died without passing anything on without passing his bloodline on or even or even <laughs> even the <laughs> sorry, even the yakumo name <laughs> I, I would have thought that like he would be thinking that this is too great a burden for any one person to bear so i'm going to take it to the grave with me and rakugo i'll take with me too but oh look rakugo survives without this title, um, so yeah, I just there was a, there were a lot of ways where I didn't really, I I, I see what the goal was trying to be, but, um, I just don't. I I, I really hated it. Um, so Gogo's talking about it in chat. Let's yeah, see. she says I don't believe it because I'm sure we would have seen him feel guilty about it or address it in the afterlife. Uh, I think that um, an idea the writer had for the idea of it, like she sees that, but by the time we got to that point in the story, the scene did not work anymore. And uh, yeah,
0: I don't think I don't think it plain works. Period. And I'll, I'll give you some thoughts why on that. First of which is that Kanatsu, like when the, when they're having this discussion, she doesn't actually offer hard confirmation of it, one way or not. It's just like, what is the point of telling us this beyond, as you say, like, making it so it's more of a genealogical passing of the torch than not? Who um, cares about blood Which I have problems with anyway, <laughs> anyway but it's... <laughs> this but, Nazi but, bullshit. No, no, well, no, no, I'll I'll get to that. I'll get, okay. I'll get, I will get to that. But the thing is, she doesn't even offer a hard, concrete point of that one way yeah. or the other, so... And no one learns about it. Like, you know what you said about, like, mm-hmm. people learning the truth and all that? I agree with you 100% that, like, you know, it probably was, a, it was pretty much okay for them not to reveal the truth of what happened with Sukuroku and Miyokichi. <laughs> but this here like you know yeah. this is a big revelation and you don't do anything with it do you play like, like, like away, you know but. Bond I mean I, I'm, not, I'm not even saying like they should have told anyone about it but rather like we don't have any time for that the burden of knowing that to have any dramatic meaning whatsoever um Secondly, it undercuts a couple of different things. One of which is, as you say, like, what the fuck does it matter about bloodlines? That's something that this show actually made clear, is that Sukuroku and Bon Brothers. Uh, were both saved from... Yeah, they were both saved from lives of destitution mm-hmm. by Rakugo, despite having no blood relation whatsoever. It is actually, uh, believe it or not, like, you know, uh, an art that seems to, if nothing else, actually cultivate outside influence. It's not about like storied legacies, like you know, where, oh, you're the son of a famous actor and that therefore means you're immediately like the hot shit. No, it actually seems to be tailored towards bringing people and giving them the name. So having it be more wedlock to a bloodline thing to me undercuts that message too. And secondly, it also, oh, sorry, thirdly, it also undercuts uh, Shinosuke's character as well because one of the really interesting things that I thought when we first saw him was like, holy crap, he really mm-hmm. doesn't like Suku And then when we see him when he's older, he looks like yeah. uh, Bon when he's like... I mean, that's why we also, in as a small part, we got a visual reminder of what he looked like when he was younger. And I thought, like, you know, oh, that's just how he's styling himself now because he's taking more after his uh, grandfather, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Bond, that is, in terms of, like, how he looks, how he presents himself, how he acts. But no, it's just the genes. It's not nurture, it's nature. <laughs> Fuck you. Like, there's so many things that take this, that just take this away, and it's for nothing. You could have cut that scene out entirely, in my opinion, and it would have not could had have made any the consequence show whatsoever. It is completely <laughs> dead weight. Yeah, it's actively it com- worse because this crap is. Yeah, it's completely dead weight. Yeah, God. Yeah, uh, the thing. I I only I only put that as my second most disappointing thing, and the only second disappointing thing really at all, uh, just because I think that uh, I don't think I didn't I like. I don't know, like, about how much, like, it makes me like the characters less, but I do know that, like, it, I think that the other point is just the more that it does perhaps, actually more of a disservice from the meta perspective of the, the writers didn't seem to wedlock, like, her being a master to, you know, them actually showing it. Whereas this here, like, I don't think it harms her character at all, really, but I just think it just seems a very ill-advised thing that just kind of undercuts certain I mean, points I... they've been making about, like, you know, all I do is social media yeah. and all that and, you know, found yeah, family. Yeah, I mean, it
1: seemed like she sort of indicate like gesture towards like she was thinking in addition to having like weird complicated feelings for Kiku you know she's also thinking like oh man i want to like do something for Rakugo so I'll combine the two bloodlines or whatever like that was sort of a a conscious desire or subconscious desire on her part um which is uh, weird um, but, but yeah, I just want to be clear that like the reason that I don't like it is not because I, I want like Bon or Konatsu to be like pure angels who never do anything wrong or because I think no, that no. this sort of thing in anime, this kind of, uh, sort of night of passion type deal between two people with this kind of relationship is like wrong in and of itself as a sort of story um, beat you know I think there's probably ways to do it and everything it just feels so inconsistent with the characters and like you and Emily and chat were saying really kind of is contrary to a lot of what the show seemed to be saying thematically so it was a huge disappointment for me it was it's and because it occurred so close to the end like I'm gonna remember it like as a huge part of the show and and it sucks, uh, for me because I was definitely on my way to saying maybe this is the greatest anime ever made. Honest to God. Like it really got mm-hmm. me on that level. I, I just tremendous. And yeah, this um I don't know, this really hurt it, uh in in my mind. I don't think it's gonna like take it and and take take it from being what I think is like one of the best anime of the last decade, one of the best anime ever. Um, it's still, like, on that tier and in that class, but um, it went from being, like, a, a slam-dunk winner and in a class of its own to being part of the pack, part of the group in that, because it was such a, was yeah. such a knock
0: for a... I mean, just, just to echo what you've been saying there, like, I also simply had not first the idea, just sort because it is uh, there, like, them two, like having the night, shall we say, and then the consequences that follow. That, just on paper alone, is not an invalid story idea. If it had happened, and when I say if it happened, if the knowledge of that had been imparted towards Mm -hmm. the audience much sooner, then that would have been something good. We could have done something In fact, what you could have even done is, bear in mind, that Yotaro is still hiding the knowledge Mm -hmm. of the truth of Miyokichi, uh, and Sukuroku's deaths from Kanatsu. Imagine if there was a, comp- a companion or parallel storyline in which Kanatsu was hiding the truth of Shinosuke's parentage from him. You can see, like, you know, again, stories we tell to each other. You could do things to- with this. You can weave these things together. There's things that you could have done with it. But what we got was just this late, last-minute, almost soap opera revelation that feels to me like it belongs in a glossy magazine rather than in the show. It's a beneath it magazine. to do this. At least... At least at this point in the show's run, mm-hmm. which is at the very end, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's bad. It's Castle it B, bad, in my opinion. And I think that to, to broadly go along with that, like, I think that that ties in again to how I don't think Kanatsu was necessarily handled as well as she could have been as a character. And that to me feels like the same category error that I saw in mm-hmm. Decadence of All Things, where I felt at the end, like, that Natsume and the whole idea of, you know, what the future should be, it broadly got the ideas right, but it could have done more with it. Same, similar kind of last-minute mm. stumbling block that made me ultimately not make that sh- rate that show higher than Izokin. But... And, and the same <laughs> thing happens here, unfortunately. God damn it! Stop fucking it's up your final episodes, anime creators. That's, That's all I ask.
1: So hard to stick for for the old anime. Um, and yeah, go go in chat like she would have swapped the revelation for the scene that you were talking about of her doing Rakugo. I completely agree. That's, that's the switch. Yeah. I mean,
0: yeah. In fact, you even could have done something like where it's the writer again. And he said, well, I actually wrote Rakugo for women with female characters in it and you've performed it and it's been great. And then we cut to that scene of her performing it and then we cut back to the cafe it all still works the characters are in place the necessary puzzle pieces are there just slot them in and you're done damn it Ugh. Ugh. okay Fuck. next question got the next question uh looking back at seasons 1 and 2 what did you like best and what could have been done better i think we i think i could probably speak for us both that what could have been done better mm-hmm. is probably what we've just discussed yeah so i'll skip that section but what did i like best um Well, let's put it this way. When I went into Rakugo, I had this idea of it's just going to be a bunch of performers doing Rakugo and the stories themselves are going to be why we're doing this. And that's going to be it. You know, like, we'll get a new Rakugo piece every week, uh, you know, and it'll be really well animated. It'll be really cool to picture this Rakugo story. And then that's kind of it. No, not so. What this show did, which I found really, really amazing, is that for one thing, we got a deeply compelling personal narrative for its main characters. Uh, a cross-generational narrative, no less. We got to see the fullness of their lives. We started from them as children and ended, at least in Bond's case... Uh, with him as an old man and we got to see see the shifting of the times that followed through that as well we got to see how times changed for better and for worse and indeed that plays into a little bit of his nostalgia when he's in the afterlife and he goes to that theater and he says there's no electricity there's the gaps in it where the the chill comes through you know uh mm-hmm. the little things the little imperfections that still give a thing a certain sense of unique atmosphere you know there's nothing quite like it um so we get that but then we also get what to me is almost a kind of perfect roast, if you want to call it that, of Rakugo as an art form, because it very much celebrates its strengths as an art form and does so through the ways that anime is capable of doing with composition, storyboarding, camera angles, sound, you name it, like it does all of it. We've talked about this at length in all of the episodes we've done about how all the Rakugo performances, when they're really going, they get you involved in it because of how they do all this dynamic editing and such like that. Wake up to Mm close-ups of people's faces and like, you know, we cut away and all that, Uh, the brilliance of the voice Mm -hmm. acting as well, you know, all of that stuff Um, so it argues for Rakugo as an art form but it also makes very clear that Rakugo itself Mm -hmm. absolutely did need to change it manages to have its cake and eat it by saying this stuff is great but it cannot stay as it is Because the times do change. They enforce change on us. And there are things that, you know, it should account for. Like letting women take part in it, for example. Um, Getting, you know, female perspective. Get female performers in it like that, you know. Also how, you know although it was willing to let someone like Tsukoroku come into the family, who was just a poor pauper boy, uh, it still had these hard, rigid rules that it wasn't willing to let him, like, you know, bring about the change that he felt was necessary to ensure Mm -hmm. the art form's survival. Like, it's a kind of hypocrisy where it will allow anyone with the right talent to come in, but it will then not allow them to exercise Mm -hmm. that talent to evolve the art and Mm -hmm. make it better. Um, And I think also what struck me is just how well it handled Bond's Decline, if you want to call it that. Um, it's the point where it really hurt me. I was actually nearly on the verge of tears watching him um, in the previous set of episodes because it reminded me, as I mentioned, of my own grandfather before he died. Um And I think that whatever else I might want to say about the show, the fact that it affected me so, is certainly something that I won't forget about it for that. I did not expect any of this going into it. I just thought, series of compilation Racco stories. It'll be cool. It'll be good. Because all I had was that this show was like Mm -hmm. a legendary show. It was really good, as you say. I had no idea of the content of it, so I kind of came with my own expectations, and they just completely, utterly got trod underfoot because it gave me so much more than that.
1: Boy, I mean... It's hard to just not go,
0: Ditto, or what that guy said. Like, because like, <laughs> I mean, you,
1: you nailed it. Like, I, I don't know if I've ever seen anything outside of like a like a book or even a book series like make me feel like I really had gone on a journey with a character through their whole life from beginning to yeah. end. Like, and gotten not just like the high points or whatever, but like really a sense of the fullness of their life and what they accomplished and what they meant to other people and what was important to them and, you know, how they, they think they failed. And I mean, and and Bond just had such a beautiful end. Like you said, he got to, you know, he got to, to like leave his life with dignity. And before that, you know, he got reconciliation that he needed. And then just this kind of beautiful depiction of the afterlife um like and you feel like by the end of it you know when when he does the pinky promise with Sukaroku like saying yeah. uh, we'll see each other again like you'll get money and you'll cross the river like that you know he got to have an amazing life he got to be rid of the guilt that he bore and have this performance in front of his family, the people that he cared about the most in the world, really fully lean into it with everything without all the conflicting feelings or the feeling awful uh, about different things. Um, and then he gets the promise of getting to spend the rest of the afterlife with the, his, his friends, the people that he loves the most. And, like, I mean, that's all you can ask for. And I think seeing... Everything he went through, like you just can't help but feel like he deserves this Um, because, you know, he wasn't always he didn't always make like the right choices. But like he just always seemed like he seemed like such a genuine good person. And it's just really amazing Mm -hmm. to like follow that story from beginning to end and see the people change around him, like see people grow older, see people die. See people be born and then have kids of their own. See throughout the 20th century, the nation change, like the wardrobe and the music and the decor, the, uh, the technology, um, you know, cause you have a fucking iPhone at the end of it. And like, you know, and at the beginning, <laughs> yeah, it's, right. uh, it's very, uh, you know, traditional. It's like early 20th century stuff. And, um, I don't know. It was, uh, and then it was just so many, so many beautiful moments and, and scenes along the way. And, um, I mean, there's a lot of specifics I think will, that are still left for us to talk about, but, um, but I guess, yeah, thinking about what, what I liked most about the seasons, it was just that feeling of, uh, following, uh, a life of like a real person from beginning to end um it felt that like yeah it felt like a story but didn't feel like a story it, it, in a way that i don't know if i'll ever see like another anime capture that i think it's a much more common kind of feeling when you read a novel uh or series of novels
0: yeah i i agree um i mean i said before like that this show emotionally affects me because i relates to my own mm-hmm. experiences with my grandfather but that's not the whole story because, again, a part of it for me is also that we have been with this character for so long, both in terms of number of episodes and just simply the mm-hmm. duration of his life, that to go through everything that we've seen and then to see him have his end, it's something you don't often see in a lot Like, how many shows, for example, do we know of where the characters just go off into the sunset and that's it? You know, we get to see the entire thing, basically, say for his very earliest years, which aren't strictly speaking relevant um so yeah like that yeah. has also touched me a little bit like you know we've been with him so long we've seen him go through so much and we see him uh finally pass on but again as much as that affected me it was great to see him at least pass on in a way that celebrated his life totally not his death if you know totally what I
1: mean. and and to touch on the point that you said about everything the show had to say about rock ago past present and future I mean, and, and you've brought this up before, but just just to reiterate, I mean, the fact that this show exists is like a meta kind of commentary on that, you know, of Rockago, mm-hmm. you know, being put into different mediums to 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 broaden the audience and increase the exposure, and uh, it created a really interesting mm-hmm. uh, metatextual discussion. Uh, i think like you know a story about stories um you know a medium mm-hmm. showing the audience well, even I mean, then. you know all that sort of thing that is present in other shows yeah. but um really was a focus here i think
0: it also originates mm. a manga as well which i was thinking about that early stay. like can you imagine what the racco scenes must have looked like in a manga where it's just strictly single mm. panels and can you imagine how impactful that must have been to do quick cutting of like the facial expressions and all that for yeah. the various stories that must have been quite a thing. But even then, just by the manga existing, mm-hmm. that is also another way of, you know... Because um, I wouldn't argue that manga is, strictly speaking, aimed at the... from what I know. And I, of course, again, come from the prefecture <laughs> of Salford. <laughs> so <laughs> don't take what I know as gospel. Oh. But I can imagine that manga is not a, a medium that would be... <clears throat> you'd find a lot of appeal for older uh Japanese uh, men and women who might otherwise like regular traditional rakugo. Um... I could be completely off base on that. Don't say that as gospel, but I can just see like how this is in one way giving Rack a go uh, to a different generation who might not otherwise want to touch it. I, again, I don't know nothing about distribution, target audiences, just wild, rampant <laughs> exactly. speculation.
1: Reckless. Totally reckless speculation.
0: Reckless. <laughs> no. Without care or concern for accuracy who or neither. facts. <laughs> oh my god um right we have one final question from kate which is what surprised you most in or about the show probably already covered this in fair ways like i say i was surprised that it was Mm. more than i was anticipating uh and it held up so well uh i was surprised in a very unfortunate way about the kanatsu revelation that That we discussed that was a surprise uh that i really that i really actually in hindsight did not wish to see but (laughs) never mind it's there we can't help it now um yeah, I I think overall, like my previous points have made it clear that there were certainly a lot mm-hmm. of good surprises and twists and reveals in this that uh, I overall I think... enjoyed. Oh, go ahead. Uh, and I think I was surprised at the end to just be so effective. Yeah, by I it. mean,
1: my answer will be twofold. Um, a specific moment would be when we learned that Konatsu was actually uh, more responsible for the deaths of Miyokichi and. Sukeroku than we had been led to believe. Uh, you know that she pushed her mom. Uh, it was a very shocking mm-hmm. revelation to me, because, I mean, that they would have that in their back pocket and play it at just the right time. I felt like to where there's still time to explore the kind of um, repercussions of the revelation. But like, what a what a way to recontextualize everything. I mean, and you know, we've already been like you said with Bond for so long that to get this stunning revelation so close to the end of his life mm-hmm. allows us to see him so differently in this different side of him um he
0: true he truly wasn't a reliable true. narrator in the end i mean that's 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 the truth it like the first season was of course a cultivated series of scenes that we got to see uh and in turn bomb was the meta narrator for that you are calling it. like he was the he was the framing device who was giving this information out to kanatsu and the otaro and it turned out that he omitted a couple yeah, of details he did he did and, <laughs> and i understand why he did and everything
1: like that it was like just phenomenal like i i loved him even more after that and i think in terms of overarching like what surprised me about like kind of my whole experience just that the show kept getting better i thought because i thought you know i had seen season one before i was thinking season two would be as good or you know maybe i didn't know it would get better but like i mean it really did like and that's not to like say season one i wouldn't call it like quote unquote worse it's just like it just keeps building on itself um yeah and yeah, the highs emotionally are so high uh, at the end here that I mean, I couldn't believe it continued to exceed the quality bar that it set for itself. It just kept topping itself, and that surprised me hugely.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I mean, season one like was very much like there's the past. You know, and I'd argue writing the past is, generally speaking, easier than writing the future, especially when it comes to what inevitably will, whether this work wants me or not, a commentary on where Rakugo should go next. That's an unavoidable fact of writing about it in this way. Um, but it embraced that by the end fully, I would argue, and it did make some very good arguments for it that I wasn't expecting it to. Like, okay, yes, it didn't go as far with Kanatsu as it should have done in depicting her at the height of yeah. her craft. I'd have liked seen that. But the scene with Yotaro arguing with the writer guy saying, no, this is, you need to where are the other perspectives, was genuinely shocking to me because I thought that I wouldn't get that level of progressive mentality from this show. But we did. So kudos to it for doing that. That will always earn points from me. Totally. So, yeah. Right. Um, I think that brings us to the end of our Patreon questions. So thank you very much to everyone who's contributed and thank you for making this show happen. Um, Wow, like we've gone that's the fir- we now at the end basically or near the end of our first two dash of the third series. I suppose we are calling all in one kind of thing. Um as for talking points, I only have okay. one that I want to okay. bring up, two kind of. Uh the 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 two the, I'll bring up the minor one first and I thought there was something I don't know if I found it funny or just kind of like appropriate that at the end having driven everyone around all his life, Mats has been taken everywhere in a wheelchair now. <laughs>
1: I couldn't believe he still was alive I thought for sure that the reason he was on the boat was because he
0: also died um but no
1: he's a
0: vampire but then again it makes it, it it makes sense for him to be on there I suppose again because he always was you know the man who took Kiku so everywhere but yeah only a small thing to note but I just thought
1: wow that's a way of bringing it to full circle it's like a robo spider with his head in a jar in the middle of it He's gonna go like bzz, 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 <laughs> bzz, bzz, come up to Chino's game.
0: Young master. But he'll still be really he'll still me. be
1: really happy though. Um you know, like, uh,
0: he'll just live Your <laughs> Uber driver has arrived. <laughs> He's can you imagine that in the bottom of the app? Like Master's <laughs> arrived, Master's driving like the latest yes. model spider tank. Yes, he either like puts pu- puts his head into the, co- into the car computer
1: or like the spider pulls like a like a futuristic rickshaw down, just like
0: brrr, like legs nah, going yeah. over in themselves in the street. Oh god Are we gonna are we gonna get you can 2067 or something like that? We need it. We need it. Cyber Cyber Rackago, yes. let's go! <laughs> Holy shit. Oh my god. was still yes. to be alive, but he wouldn't be alive. He, 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 wouldn't, he wouldn't be alive because of, you know, like, but <laughs> He would just be alive yes, still. I agree. <laughs> there'd, be no, there'd be nothing to it other than the fact that he's just 170 years old. <laughs> he keeps defying the odds. He, he will just not keeps die! Loving
1: people and crying. <laughs> just crying all the time. <laughs> Even
0: Aww. He's like 200 years old. Oh my god. Oh my god. That would be great. Um, The only other talking point I have to bring up, which is I want to know, um, with the benefit of hindsight, how consistent this show is with the use Mm. of fire as a metaphor. Um, Which is, there's obviously, like we discussed before, about the idea of lighting candles and such. Uh, So how fitting is it, therefore, that the way that uh, Bon, through Tsukoroku, literal spirit or manifestation of his mind and his guilt whatever you want to call it, uh, says to burn the face down with you in it.
1: Mm, mm-hmm.
0: In a way, you can almost see that as his passion mm. overflowing, like, you know, and taking him with it. Like, you know, it's it's a very fitting way of visually describing, like, his own self-destruction. Rakugo, in the end, literally does kill him because it spills out from the stage, burns it down, and takes it all with him. Uh, which also then, of course, fits with how um, he wanted to take his own life by falling in the river because he wanted to extinguish his own mm. flame. That's very good. So, yeah. It's it's surprising, like it's only a small thing, but it is at least very consistent with that. That fire, you know, as a as you know, as metaphor for passion, is present throughout much of this, and it goes to show, like how like Bond's passion ultimately nearly took his own life and that kind of thing. You know, he went too far. I just thought that was a really neat way of like accentuating that with that scene there. But um, yeah, good stuff, keeping that totally. consistent. That's impressive.
1: Um. So, just a couple notes on the afterlife, which. I just think it's really, really interesting in in this show. Um so at one point um well first of all, the fact that like Sukaroku is like uh kind to Bon when like at different mm-hmm. times in in Bon's mind, you know, when he's seen Sukaroku, he's like you know that he was there at the theater burning uh deal and well acor- according to him though like it was him but then the shinigami took over <laughs> like possessed uh the mm-hmm. spirit of Sukaroku uh that's when his eyes turned red and then that's when he had him burn down the theater which um it was was uh was a lot and then you know the scene where he's like holding him over the balcony um i, I guess to like allude back oh boy to, yeah what happened with Tsukoroku's own death. Um, and in that scene, you know, he seems to not really be all buddy-buddy with Bond, but seems to be antagonistic towards him. And so, you know, the fact that, like, it's really, like, it just feels like it's really him. Like, it's, it's his um, laid-back, uh, yeah.
0: casual, like, friendly personality. Um, and Well, um, if mm-hmm. I... If I may interject just to point something out, which is, you know, how we discussed it before about the uh, spiritual versus mm-hmm. just imagined mm-hmm. form of Sukuroku? and yeah. how we said it could be either or. In this case, it can actually be both. I would say you could very, you could absolutely interpret it as the Sukuroku we see, who's the demonic one, who's trying to, you know, uh-huh. push him over the edge, is Bond's imagination. So. It is his uh, perceived perceived version of what he thinks Sukeroku would says yeah. him now if he could. I mean, if you think about it, he's lived the lie for so long of right. I killed them, mm-hmm. which is not true. Uh, that how, how long after thinking that for all this time, when does it start becoming fiction and start becoming reality in your own I know, head? I know. Well, I, exactly. Yeah. I mean, he just
1: blamed himself so much, even though he knew, you know, I mean, and uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's interesting that in that final conversation he had with Konatsu, he called it a double suicide. Because I think that's probably, that's probably right, you know, and, and, uh, mm. and there's just a lot of little things in that conversation and then in the afterlife that really struck me like, um, you know, it makes you wonder like, what's real, what really happened? Uh, cause different narrators have different, different things to add, you know, because, um, Sukaroku says that his stabbing was we had talked about it and I think I had concluded last time that like it was malicious on Miyokichi's part because she was like just kind of freaking out um, but uh, <laughs> Sukaroku like is like well you know she's always been kind of a hothead in our marriage and she had a knife and was waving it around and in the hotel room but she slipped and that's why I got stabbed like just the bad mm-hmm. luck of the draw in the same way that like Konatsu had such bad luck in that when she pushed her mom it led to that so it's like this familial curse of really bad luck Um, but that yeah. was just an interesting revelation but then you have Miyokichi um, like acknowledging sukaroku for the first time even though like their relationship is still, like... They're together, but, like, in some ways, it's hard to, You You would think that they don't really like each other. <laughs> like, um... Because she's just like, ah, oh, like, you stupid husband, like, go spend some money and, and get drunk and leave me alone with, with my Kiku
0: to talk to you or whatever. But then she like... Yeah. The only the only time we saw them together in the original season, uh, or one of the only times we saw them together, when they're lying mm-hmm. on top of each other. Uh, and even then, there was... I, I didn't get a single sense of like a connection between the two other than yeah. purely I mean, physical. Like if that if they were husband and wife, it definitely was not. You know, uh, it was a hollow. I think marriage, she straight let's up, put it up that admits in,
1: in this set of episodes that she had Konatsu for revenge. Like that was the reason. Like a revenge baby, but you know she's still, <laughs> revenge baby, but she's still my child. Yeah, that's revenge what she, baby. she's like. Oh, but she's still my child. She's still my wow. Child. So I had some feelings for her and everything, but. You know, she, she, but she recognized what I was going to say. She recognizes the goodness and kindness of her husband. You know, there's that really nice scene of um, he's listening around the corner, is Tsukaroku. And Miyokichi's like, oh, look at this guy. He's been, he knows that it's been longer than 30 minutes I asked for, but he's still not going to interrupt us. Like, he's really a kind man. And I'm like, you're damn right here. Mm. <laughs>
0: like,
1: you know please thank you for acknowledging him um but probably I don't know maybe the most interesting like little tidbit that we get in in that portion is Miyokichi um let me find it what does she say she says that um Ba 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 Where is it? Um. Oh, she says it's such a relief to be freed from the role of woman. And I just thought that was like amazing and interesting and really like I think is this detail that makes it feel like this is really kind of the afterlife as they see it in the show not um i don't it just feels like a, de- a a a like they were thinking deeply about it and and it wouldn't be like a kind of hastily thrown together dream although you i guess you could argue argue yakumo has deeply thought about it too but but like just this idea that like these are disembodied souls and like outside of the body um you know what are like what is gender, like, you know? If you're not performing mm-hmm. it in physical, embodied society, like you kind of are, just like it, it feels like the soul will be genderless. I guess is is at least what the show is saying, and I mean that's mm-hmm. just so interesting, and I don't know, like maybe maybe it's kind of damning in a way, like in the way they depict Miyokichi here as like really kind and nice but um but because she's been freed from the role of woman but i don't think that's necessarily what they're going for i mean i think this she yeah. can just kind of be I, herself I without I, n- without yeah. uh kind of needing to appease other people or um feel like she needs to play some sort of uh specific role uh that's expected of her
0: Yeah, I I think there's a couple of things to take away from that line, one of which is um, that, firstly, I think that if you frame this as being from Bond's perspective, that it's his imagination that conjures this this up and not, strictly speaking, a more objective Mm -hmm. spiritual realm, if you want to call it that. Um, I think, first off... um, I think it's his perspective then for that. He might even not even have necessarily realized it while he was alive. But I think that then for him places the blame of her downfall squarely on society Mm -hmm. and not her herself because he sees her as she would have been had society, not like, you know, put her in the awful position she was in. And this is
1: what this is what Emily is also saying in chat. And I think we talked about this at the end of the last stream that like you could kind of see her as like karmic retribution for like what mm-hmm. Japan as a nation had kind of done to its women uh over over the decades uh, and and longer right um and during that time that she was alive mm-hmm. uh she's just this prototypical example of like you know uh just just a a, a woman that was chewed up and spit out by society and now that, she doesn't have to like rely on men for her um, well-being and livelihood and uh, and happiness, you know, because without money and all that, like you're kind of fucked. Like she doesn't have that dependency, and she's not subject to men, uh, as as uh, Gogo Atomic Robot says, for what happens to her, good or bad. So she's just as f- much freer. Um, which is like awesome that the mm-hmm. show I think acknowledges that. and I just thought that was such a cool. yeah, uh, just it, they the show did not spend a ton of time on it, but like what a nice
0: touch. Um, I go. have two more things to add about that. Um, one of which is again, if this is also from Bond's perspective as his imagined uh, like afterlife it's, it's his creation that I think it goes to show, like, how he feels about her, that he indeed does not view her in the role of as a woman, but more of as a soulmate. Like, that kind of thing that they had together, you know. Um, Because after all, if if he's imagining her, then that line arguably comes from him, not from her. But it's what he would have liked her to have been like, if you know what I mean. I do. And the second thing I'll note, unfortunately, is I do agree with everything you're saying. I think it's a great line. I think it's a great... uh, like, point about how Japan treats its women at the time, about how society ultimately led to Miyokichi's downfall and end, like it was the primary contributing factor, um, but in light of what happens with Kanatsu in the final episode, it does undercut that too as mm. well, so thanks a bunch, because that ending's mm. yeah, like, I've been free from the role of woman, and then we have the other female character, her daughter, as a matter of fact, uh, reveals something that, uh, well, whoops. I'll have to think
1: about if that how i feel about them relating i don't know i just i just i
0: don't i don't know i'm i i I just i I don't know i just feel like they if they put such time and effort into highlighting that uh the fact that they trip Mm -hmm. themselves up with kanatsu in the end feels like a bit of an own goal there all the more but that's only minor we've already discussed the kanatsu problem and that's the 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 problem is a problem in of itself (sighs) this moment here is more just a it's in the light of this later on it feels like whoops we didn't think this one through, yeah, I mean, did we, I fellas? Don't, like, I
1: don't mind her having, you know, sexual urges or sex or whatever. Oh, hell no. I mean, I think it's just the character inconsistency. And then it's funny, speaking of the afterlife, yeah. like Gogo in chat was saying how, uh, if that happened, how the hell did Miyokichi not bring it up in the afterlife? You banged my daughter, but you wouldn't bang me. <laughs> what? <laughs>
0: oh, you?
1: And he was just like,
0: yo, oh. like, nothing's changed. No, I, no, he wouldn't do. Look, right, that's his daughter. He would not. He would not say that. No, he he would probably punch him. I mean, can you <laughs> punch a ghost? Can ghosts punch each other? These are the questions. I seem to be in a very time. forgiving mood.
1: But, uh, <laughs> yeah, can ghosts punch each other? That's yes. <laughs> mob psycho will give us the answer.
0: Holy shit. Holy Man. shit. That's
1: that's a thought Uh <sighs> um So those those are the things I wanted to yeah, I I loved I love that whole part of it. Like we got to spend so much time with the reconciliation. It felt like yes, like they know how important it is for these characters to um how important it is for them and for us that that they get. Uh, I don't know that that they get, that there's acceptance and forgiveness and uh, integration and, and all this sort of thing. Like that was um, needed. Like it was so good. I don't know if it worked for, I don't know if it would work for every show. You know, I don't necessarily want to see the afterlife of every, mm. every protagonist or whatever. And like how they kind of, uh, you know, yeah,
0: it needs yeah, to be earned I, I think and I, I absolutely think oh, that totally, Bon earned it in totally, this case totally. um, yeah. so yeah okay. I would agree uh, I don't have any more talking points so if you've got any more to um, add Doc uh, chuck them my way
1: I'll just highlight a little piece of wisdom from Yotaro because we haven't really talked about him much and again well he's one of my favorites in this whole show um, even though he's only around really for season 2 I think he made such an impression on me such a good boy. I mean, and mm. it's funny, like, you know, uh, the writer guy, Sensei, who uh, is wanting him to, like, do these new stories, when when Yotaro refuses, Sensei says, you'll never surpass your master this way. And, uh, you know, Yotaro says, that's fine. Like, I like the view from behind him just fine. He says that a master, yeah. in his opinion, is not some, someone to be surpassed you're not in competition with them you walk you're walking a different path mm. you're just going in the same direction um you're like kindred spirits on a yeah, journey. The, the, Sorry, the he, yeah the
0: way he yeah the way he describes it, i mm-hmm. think is a perfect way of looking at it because there was a lot of discussion earlier in this season about you gotta find your own rack ago so it's very strange that the rice would then you know bring up like in you know gonna compete and all that when yeah. it's not competition you know not every piece of music written is of the same genre by you know it's not like people are, you know trying to compete on the basis of we're going to do the exact same thing and try to be better at it we're going to you know put our own little spin on it and that to me would be more appealing that way like otherwise you just have people doing well basically the exact opposite of what racco needs to do which is rigid adherence to existing styles existing ways of performance existing works no evolution it is just simply a competition to be the best at this particular thing and that would be great if rakugo were a sport i mean i'd like to see olympic rakugo <laughs> where there's just two people yelling at each other from across the stage oh that'd be great uh, but rakugo is not a sport uh, even though they do have fans they very like they could like use for something i don't know Make them into metal and, like, use them to send ping-pong balls back to each other while they're, like, yelling a story out. I don't know. But, yeah, Racco, not a sport. So, Yotaro's, like, understanding there, like, that, hey, I'm just going in parallel. Um, Because he'll eventually, in turn, you know, have... He'll become a master, as he does, and then there'll be people who follow him. They'll be inspired by him, but they shouldn't choose Mm -hmm. to completely imitate. They should learn and be their own thing, you know? You don't want to go, for example, to watch a comedy show and have everyone do the same performance.
1: It's me, the one who surpassed Jerry Seinfeld. (laughs) You don't want that. (laughs) What's the deal Mm -hmm. with Cybernet? Um, (laughs) No, like, uh, and the the final point I want to make is I thought, like, just the actual end of the show, like, the last scene and then the credits and stuff were just, like, so fucking emotional, like... The credits had snippets of all of the main characters doing their Rakugo.
0: Yeah, this was
1: like, I mean, it perfect send off. Yeah, I mean, it really, it really got me. Like, it got me super teary, uh, and the scene right before it cut to credits was like just. I mean, it was incredible, dude. Like you, you had um, Yotaro and Sensei and Matsuda there. And Matsuda's telling stories about his life, you know. Sensei's like, Tell me about more about those old days. And he's talking about his young life, and you see pictures come on the screen of, of him and Sukaroku and young Bon. it's like, and then they came and he kind of talks through his whole life as like a Servant to this family, and he's like, times were really hard sometimes, but it was worth living this long to get to see sights like this, because families mm-hmm. are out on blankets, the cherry blossoms are are in bloom, they're falling, uh, you know, paper lanterns around. There's joy, beauty, uh, generations of people from from different times around him having fun. And I mean, I just think this is such a wonderful final note to the show is that someone who's lived, you know, 95 years and it feels earned for him to say this, you know, because we've seen so much of his life, too, that like, I mean, it's it's easy to feel like so trodden down by your by life and and your life and, and kind of the circumstances you find yourself in. I mean, it can be really terrible and shitty, you know but it's like you know i really am confident and believe Matsuda to hear when he says that life is worth living because you get to see things like this because of moments of beauty moments of community family pure joy and the sublime kind of beauty of nature and the world and and life uh, yeah i i think does make the other things uh that you have to go through worth enduring and uh i I just couldn't think of a better way to close the show than that message and then snippets of rakugo stories
0: yeah well one of the closing images we also see is of um we see sukuroku and bon uh, as they were when they were younger with miyokichi Mm -hmm. underneath a sakura tree and then we also see uh, Yotaro, uh, Kanatsu, their extended family right. underneath a, a secretary as well. And there's a mm-hmm. couple of things I love about that. Uh, the first of which is by including uh, Sukuroku Bon, and Miyukichi there, it goes to show that their time was just as valuable. They might not have the same numbers, but that doesn't matter. Their time was still worth our, yeah. you know, attention. Um, and then in turn, like, oh, well, I, dismiss numbers somewhat i also mentioned that we get to see how you know over time their family has grown and comes to encapsulate more and more people and it goes to show yeah. they'll keep on growing and then of course sakura you know the image of this and all that like in time that family will pass too but we're left with the hope mm-hmm. that it will keep on going there'll be more families in the future with that uh, underneath the sakura tree as well so i really like that because it didn't devalue the past uh but it also, in turn, you know, made sure that you know we thought, hey, there'll be many more futures ahead of this particular group of people. We won't see them, but we get to imagine them, and we know that they'll keep on going, and that's exactly.
1: great. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's all the the big points I have.
0: Yeah, that's the same for me. So I suppose now is a good of time, Zay, for us to rate the episodes and the show. Woo. Um it'll probably come as no surprise that basically everything apart from the two specific Kanatsu things I mentioned were pretty much on the mark. Um, a wonderful capstone to a character's life, a wonderful capstone to this show, this franchise overall. Um, it made, it pretty much dang near brought me to tears. Uh, and, and it could continue to argue for Raggozo. It did everything that we've been saying that's been doing good all this time, basically. Uh, it really did deliver and it didn't feel like hokey like no. the afterlife section. In other circumstances that could have mm-hmm. been that could have been really bad, but it handled it appropriately in my opinion. Um and it gave a really real dignified send-off to a character we've been with for quite a while. Um I can't rate these episodes the full five out of five because of the Kanatsu stuff, unfortunately. I would very much otherwise love to. I would love, as you said, to say this is the best anime of all time, but no. It is not, nor are these the best bunch of episodes of all time. For the episodes in particular, um I will give them uh, four point five out of five uh Sukuroku Rakago.mp3 <laughs> files. Uh our, yeah. Because the the point five is because of the Kanatsu stuff, because it it's a much more bothersome problem the more you think about it. And it doesn't add anything as is to the show anyway. And I think it also undermines, like, its vision of the future, where it previously had been progressive, but it can't fully commit to it, which to me feels a bit hypocritical. But I expect that that fault is not through deliberate maliciousness, but more just because of nearsightedness (laughs) on the writer's part. It's very easy, like, you know, when you're on the outside looking in to criticise this stuff, but I can just only think that maybe they hadn't fully understood the implications of it, but it be what it be, and it's still a phenomenal end to what the about show. The,
1: um, what about the full show? Did you rate the full show? Oh, I, oh, okay. I didn't know. I was going to let you rate though. that, and then I was going to um, go and rate the full show. So, I suppose... So, so, because I loved episodes 9, 10, and 11, and most of 12 so much, uh, I was going to give it like a 6 or 7 out of 5 but be, 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 because of the commercial stuff it brings it down to uh mere mortal status of uh five uh stinky fans out of five
0: <laughs>
1: for for all the reason all the oh, good reasons God. and bad that that you said and that we've spent 2 hours talking about it's um just a, the these episodes are um uh mostly the sweetest cherry uh,
0: on top that you could ask for mostly
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, I agree, and so with that in mind, um the entire show I'm gonna give this to both seasons one and season two as a combined whole this is the whole the whole, kid the, 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 the whole, the whole thing enchilada the full the the <laughs> the, 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 the full <laughs> buffalo the full thing uh I am in the end uh going to give this show. 4.75 oh. out of f- Oh. No, yeah, I, I can't I can't give it the full the Kanatsu stuff is just too much of a weight down on it. It's the it's the stumble. It's the it's the decadent oh. stumble as we'll call it now. Man. The decadence, you know. Uh but yeah, 4.75 out of 5. Uh, thank yous for your mm. continued support. Um because to sum up my thoughts on this show, um this is one of those shows that to me like it like anime as a medium always has this reputation of it's the one with the giant robots and the <laughs> tentacles and all the gross shit and everyone and the thing is and the thing is there's no smoke without fire there is a certain truth although obviously it's nowhere near as prevalent as people think it is but this is a show that i would handily recommend to anyone whether they be an anime fan or not because it really does transcend the medium to just simply be a genuinely brilliant story about two people's well more i suppose one but like the the lives of people traveling through generations uh being bound by this art form that in of itself is a burden but also an uplifting presence for them um and it does so without ever like you know being too bootlicky Mm. about it it doesn't like you know hold rakugo as this sacred art form it treats it with warts and all but also acknowledges Mm. how wonderful it can be um it's genuinely compelling it it's wonderfully animated. The voice acts are phenomenal. Uh, voice actor in particular just absolutely fucking nails it. The pained sense that you get from him when he's talking in the later episode still hurts when I think about it. Um, as I say, the only real bugbear I have is the final episode's Kanatsu-related problems. That's it. If it hadn't done that, I don't even know um, if I were to still call it the best anime I've ever seen, because there are there is some exceptionally phenomenally high company up in the upper echelons for me, uh, Penguin Drum, Utena, even decadence is up there, Izokin. You know, they're all up there. It's a crowded top. It's a crowded top. You know, the peak of the mountain is pretty busy, shall we say? Um, but it's certainly pretty damn close. And yeah, I I think this is a fantastic achievement for the creators and. Yeah, I really don't have much mm-hmm. more else to add other than that I would, I could teach people with this show and I could certainly wholeheartedly recommend it to them as just a work event saying they could enjoy whether they like anime or not.
1: So uh, I'm going to give the whole thing 5.5 burning theatres out of 5.
0: <laughs> Breaking oh, the scale. Oh, <laughs> whoa. What's, what's the point... What was the point was the point five because that particular theater had already burnt down sufficiently exactly. so it was only yes. half left. That's,
1: that's just the frame ah uh, i knew it i knew five it. full and then the frame um no i i yeah this is uh an amazing show and i think that there's nothing else like it in anime i think uh there's similar stuff but i don't think there's anything quite like it i think it's an achievement I think it gets you to care in ways that um, I don't know. I just haven't really seen before. Care about um, the characters, specifically Bond, uh, because of you know getting to follow his whole life, it's, it's, and it's a multi generational story that is done really really well. It gets you to care about this art form, <laughs> and like you know you talked about how it treats it, which is really mature and smart. Um, And uh, it it just genuinely moved me, and I I felt like here is a story and a set of images that I'm never going to forget. You know, and I I really like a lot of things. Yeah, uh, I like a lot of things that happen to be forgettable. Um, I like a lot of things that. parts of it endure over time and but this is just a thing that I don't know um it's not really something it's it's just a singular thing like it's great and, and it and it's just the whole of it is great and where it stumbles at the end it's undoubtedly you know I don't even know if I'd call it the stumble. It's like kicks its toe on a rock <laughs> um, for sure. For, <laughs> that could be pretty painful. Yes, I don't yes. know. <laughs> but like, I think the goods of the 23 and a half episodes or 25, no, for whatever it is uh, outweigh like that part in terms of the company it keeps. Like you said, on the top of Mount anime, um, I think it's definitely on my uh, anime amount Rushmore.
0: Um, I think, yeah. Nice, I want, uh, nice. Who who would be the face? Who would be the face? Would it, it, it be Bon or would it be It Roku? Or It Could it be Bon. It must be Bon. Would it be Scout the Old Man Bon or would it, would it be Young Bon? It would probably be... Uh, I'm, just, I'm just watching Bon's voice that say, <laughs> Why him. am I on this mountain? <laughs> just like... <laughs> I didn't oh, ask for young this. Young people. Wanting to put me on a mountain,
1: it would probably be like middle-aged glasses-wearing Bond to split the difference. Mm. Um, he's up there next
0: to Cheryl, though. No. <laughs> Her face. Well, no, Cheryl's home. Cheryl's uh, hair is flying in the direction just over his face, and so he's just got this disgusted. He's like, "Get out of my face!"
1: You know, sealed his face from the hair. Um, oh man, <laughs> but I. It, I, I I don't know. It's, it's remarkable in in, in a way that uh, I don't, I don't know how to exactly put my finger on it because it doesn't feel cheap or disposable. I mean, it just feels so real and grounded, even though it has all the supernatural or spiritual stuff, but like that is, I mean, it just feels legitimate. Um, it doesn't, he doesn't take away from, from those things about the show. And uh it's it's a um it just gives us this like look into japan in this interesting way i mean through we get to see the art and you know the architecture and the the fashion and all these different things through the prism of rakugo Mm -hmm. your favorite bar tennessee exactly let's hope the covid rate inside that bar is not what the rate is until we are number one in the world in the entire world, the state of Tennessee, of uh, infection rate. So, hmm. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Yay. I know I loved. I loved. This. Right. I loved it. I, I, this is just everything that, like, I mean, anime can be so many things. Like you said, it can be robots. It could even be it could be hentai. It could be. Detective stories, it could be uh, Magical Girl, you know, there's a lot of sort of tropey things and serious things it could be. Um, but I think this is like the pinnacle of, of what like TV writing for animation can be like when it really kind of sets out to do, to do a period piece, to, to do a generational story. To do a character study, um, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I think that everybody should see it. There's no sort of like, yes, this is for fans of the genre. Like the laziest line in criticism, <laughs> which I, I do as well. Sometimes <laughs> genre fans will love it, but no, I think uh, I think everybody should see this. Um, I think it's just like I, ca- I can't say good enough good things about it, and. When I feel like Annie is in the mood for anime and for something like this, I like I cannot wait to show her this show. She's gonna love it.
0: Yeah, hundred percent agreed. There. All right, uh, that brings us to the end what? of the podcast. Uh, thank you yeah i know i know uh so thank you very much to everyone who's joined us this evening and those who are listening to it later be it if you're watching it as a patreon or a uh, patron rather or also as a uh you know if you're doing our on free to air um, if you have enjoyed this podcast and want to support it financially and even dictate its future by deciding what we cover, uh, feel free to get yourselves on patreon.com forward slash warrior show. $5 tier will get you access to everything. You get the full freemium package, the full works. It's like when you take your car for a car wash and you pick the premium option and you feel, you and you feel great after it. You feel like a badass. That car comes out squeaky Shiny. as fuck and Yum. you feel like Yum. a fucking kink. Yeah, so get yourself on the uh, premium <laughs> wax option for the we'll patron. Yeah, get ourselves on the $5 save. But of course, uh, <laughs> the inside of it. But people still have those. Oh, right. Jesus. Yeah, those are yeah, out yeah now, I don't want to. Yeah. Um, of course, if you don't want sports financially because times are tough and all that, or even just to play because you don't want to. That's fine too. You've taken the time to listen to this podcast, and I appreciate you for that. So thank you very much. If you do want to support us in a way that's not anything to do with you know paper money or whatever, you Bitcoin know, or <laughs> currency, uh, or even the old Bitcoin, we're, yeah, we're, oh, yeah, you said it. Uh, you can just drop us a subscribe on our YouTube, on uh, Apple Pods, mm-hmm. uh, Spotify, all the usual places um feel free to follow us on twitter at worry Desho as well uh lastly i will just give specific thanks to our patrons for supporting us through this i hope you've all enjoyed this particular series and for allowing us to take the chance of doing a third podcast mm-hmm. series in the first place because uh, this is only still a relatively new thing in fact this is the first show i'd argue we finished in full on it i mean we only did the first season thinking that was going to be it but then we decided to continue to the second yeah, and i'm very definitely. glad we did uh, what the future will hold for this particular third one, we'll uh, the third, I can't yeah. say yet, we'll decide, we will see, but thank you very much for taking a chance on us with this one and letting us do more content, I really really appreciate it, and just for your support in general be it the good times we've had in the Discord or in, you know, even just giving us money, all, of, all the contributions you've given in whatever form they may have come to us in, thank you very much for that um, before we sign off Doc, where can people find you on the wildly wild old mm. wild wild well, web well, they you can know, find me at life? the Subtle Doctor,
1: and I know you're Astradon Ten Ten. But being as how this is mm-hmm. the last stream slash pod that we're gonna do before Christmas and before the end of the year, this will probably come out right around Christmas time, free to air. But um, I, I so I, I need to know as we don't have to spend too long on this, but. Looking back at 2020, Shadan, <laughs> what has been your favorite anime and your favorite video game that you have consumed in this this
0: dreadful year, 2020? Well, uh, it was nearly, nearly, okay. nearly pits the post. Uh huh. So close. It was so close to being uh-huh. pipped by a couple of different things. But I have to give Best okay. Anime to Isoken. um Because it still holds up. It's still a phenomenal piece of work. It is Sai like magnum opus. It's much like Rakugo. It, it actually has the same kind of similar idea where it shines a, a light on the anime creation process, but also like, you know, all the problems of it, but also all the great things it provides us. It gave us some truly memorable characters that still will be around mm-hmm. even long after the show you know, may have faded necessarily from popular consciousness um it's truly a breathtaking work Uh there's it barely if any ever steps a foot wrong and it has so much to say uh but it also just gives us lovely lovely moments in it as well uh we got yeah. you know can of money all that stuff you know like that's like that's the thing when you know a series is truly special when it can create those moments to have them feel organic and you get on point nothing feels forced um the only things that came close mm-hmm. uh were of course rakugo mm-hmm. uh decadence and I hate to say it because I feel like if, it, if I were in a slightly different move, I would say it was better. But I okay. finally finished Utena okay. this year, including the movie. And it mm. almost was better. Almost. For, I mean, it's, it's Ikahara being Ikahara again, and it's such a fucking great piece of work. But it just doesn't quite outdo it for me. But that's not to detract from just how generally brilliant it was at all. So, yeah, consumed a lot of good anime this year, surprise enough. And I, by the way, I'm doing a 12 Days of Anime thread uh, on my Twitter, at Shane1010, where I'll be documenting some of those that stuck with me even after the facts. Uh, the best video game. This originally was going to go to Doom Eternal. Uh, I was also very heavily considering Final, <laughs> Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, but in hey, the end, I'm going to give it whoa. to Hades. Uh, I did not expect so you- that. Wow. Yeah. Super... So you- Super Giants, little roguelike that can. Uh, for a couple of reasons. One, because it legitimately has mm-hmm. consumed so much of my time. I mean, you get like these Steam reviews, like 1600 <laughs> hours on record, don't like it. Like bullshit, you Goals. fucking like it. You're a liar. <laughs> You're lying to yourself. And so therefore I can look at, you know, the amount of time I spent playing it and think, mm-hmm. I enjoy this a lot. I, I'll pop it on occasionally and <laughs> just do a quick run of it. Like I can do it in bite-sized, digestible well, pieces. roguelikes for that, yeah. Uh, the voice act... Yeah, the pheno- the music, I mean, it's super giant. All of the production values are mm-hmm. on display. Voice acting is great. Uh, Darren Corb, who does the music, is the voice of Zagreus, and I want him to narrate my life.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's as so simple yeah. as that.
0: I want him to narrate my fucking life because he's just that good at it. Uh, yeah, all of the art is phenomenal. Uh, I don't normally get along well with roguelikes mm-hmm. where you die and you start again with nothing, basically, but this one works differently. It did awesome. it for me. Uh, I thought it was really, really good. Um, yeah, Doom Eternal would have come a close second because I think it was a legitimately great game. Um, well, flaws there, but I mean, when you're when you're in the moment where you're going through demons like art Knife through Butter and Mick Gordon's OST, like the full thrash is playing, you really do feel like you're in a different place. Like you're in a zone, and th- there's nothing quite like that feeling, in my opinion, when you just have the right mix of what you're seeing and what you're hearing, and it just takes you to this place where you feel like. You're almost like discombobulated from hmm. your body. It's so good. Um, but yeah, Hades takes it in the end. Uh, I can also very quickly give oh, you the things uh, I hated the most please. if you like that. Well, I can't really give you a video game because I haven't like played <laughs> any truly dire video games this year. At least none that stick out in my memory. Uh, I might have dropped one or two of them, but mm-hmm. meh. Uh, but worst anime, it's not Brand oh, New bad. Animal. It is instead Babylon. Oh. Babel. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. It has a God. gamer president in it. Yeah. And it had like, I'm not going to elaborate on it here because I sp- i don't want to end this on a sound note. All I'll say is that it is, it had such potential and it was pissed away. Much like the sister show so it was created by the same guy, Cardo, our favorite whipping post of oh. a failed potential show. Uh, <laughs> and it also had some truly heinous... It also had some truly heinous shit that offended me personally. So yeah, uh, I, if I ever meet the person who wrote that, I will probably like, I'll I will probably insult him quite deeply, or maybe even just I don't know. I'm not gonna try and put <laughs> too many threats of violence out in the open for fear of like you know being called on it. But suffice to say, I do not like the man who created that work at all, and I think he's a dickhead. There you, so go. There you go. Um, if I had to say. I, I think my 2020 anime
1: of the year, like that came out this year, is also Azerken, followed by Decadence pretty closely for all the reasons you mentioned. Like, love Azurken to pieces, and I think it's going to stand the test of time. Um, I, game wise, I didn't play a ton of stuff that came out this year, I don't think. I mean, I played Hades, and I played FF7R. Um, But I played a lot of older games this year, I believe. Um, At least that stick out in my memory. And I think... I I think I would say my favorite thing I played was Fire Emblem Echoes. Um, Because I think I beat three houses last year, I want to say. If that's not true and I actually did beat it in 2020, and I just don't remember because 2020 is so goddamn long then I would give it to three houses probably. But like uh, Echoes was like, it took, took a lot of really great things um, about like older Fire Emblem mm-hmm. games. Like it was a lot more strategic. Uh, it was a lot harder. The, the maps were varied and the mission objectives were varied as well. Um, and so it felt more like the Game Boy Advance ones in that regard, but it was also you know more of a modern game than those uh graphically and orally felt um you know like a step up from awakening not quite three houses but it was fully voice acted uh unlike any previous fire emblem so you had that going on really memorable music um and just a great mm-hmm. great fun to play um like kind of a mix of things new and old that i love about the franchise um And I guess rather than talk about crap, (laughs) anime, I'll just I'll just uh, (laughs) give my favorite uh, wrestling match from the year. Uh, I'm going to say that it is uh, from I did not think I would say this earlier in the year, but Pro Wrestling Noah, um, which is a company that like in the early 2000s was king shit of the world in Japan. But fell on hard times. Uh and there was also a Yakuza scandal in the in the office uh, of the company.
0: No. <laughs> well they did not like that. <laughs> That's the game. it.
1: Yeah, they gave it low review scores. Um there were there was Yakuza involved with the, the business side of the company. Um so that was very bad for them. That happened like a decade ago. Um and they yeah, they they were purchased uh at some point this year, or maybe late last year, by a, a big company, by the people that make um, what's the big gotcha game? Uh, uh,
0: that would be either no. fake Daughter or Grand, Blue, Grand Fantasy. Fantasy. Yeah. So that that would be that yeah, that uh, that'd a, be games sub, then. They're a subsidiary of side Cy budget, Games. Cy Games is.
1: Um, so yeah, so they uh, they own uh, pro wrestling. No, but anyway, um, in uh, I believe it was August. There was a championship match between the champion Go Shiozaki and challenger Keno. Um, Shiozaki, the champ, is has this thing going where he's saying, I am Noah. I am this company. I am all of the good things about it, all the legacy that you care about, um, that you remember from the good times. Like, I'm taking that on my back. Everything that this company, if it meant, meant anything to you previously... I want to embody that and carry that legacy forward, um, against like the leader of the big heel faction, uh, Congo, they're called, um, Cano, just, um, a fucking brutal ass kicker who no nonsense. One of my favorite, if not my favorite wrestlers in pro wrestling, Noah, and they had, I'm going to give the results away. They had a 60 minute draw, mm-hmm. um, They had each one of them had a title. So Kano had the secondary title, the national title, but, uh, go Shiozaki had like the GHC heavyweight title, the global heavyweight crown. And, um, they wrestled for an hour and it felt, did not feel like an hour went by. It was so compelling. They did not run out of ideas. They beat the holy hell out of each other. I mean, chest ripped to shreds, Jesus, you know, blood, um, hard-hitting stuff, like Cano matches are always hard-hitting, and and Go has been doing this thing all year where, like I said, he's, he, he wants to be this valiant champ who carries the legacy of the company, but his body's breaking down. And this is, like, in, this is in kayfabe. I don't ah. think the injuries are real, but, like, each passing month, he comes out with, like, more and more, like, trainer's tape on his arms and neck, and, like, just selling these injuries accumulated over time. Sorry, so you see, Um,
0: yeah, so he's doing (laughs) a kick, exactly.
1: Um, and he just hangs on and survives, like, he just wills himself to keep the title. And so, it's going to be cool whenever someone finally beats him. He's held it for a year now. Um, and uh, then that just that match was amazing. It was like, I was on the edge of my seat. Um, if it, I don't know, uh, I think it's on, if you'd like to see it for some reason, <laughs> uh, it's on the, uh, <laughs> service called wrestle universe. Um, you can subscribe to that for like nine bucks a month and you could track it down. Probably be easier just to DM me and I <laughs> walk you through it. But, uh, but yeah, 2020 <laughs> was a bullshit year. Uh, it was really difficult for everyone for lots of reasons. But there was some good media and even some good wrestling uh, in this year and I'm happy we got to experience that.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm going to not disagree then. Uh, 2020 has been <laughs> a dick move of the year, shall we say. Um,
1: dick move universe.
0: Yeah, thanks for that. Um, and I'm going to forget about most of it uh, fairly quickly, I think. But there are a lot of things I'm not going to forget. Um, you know, there have been a couple of rays of sunshine here and there. Uh, a lot of good anime that's been watched. Um, you know, some personal triumphs here and there, it's not all been bad. Um were they would would I wish that they came about under best circumstances? Absolutely. Without you know. But I'm gonna take what I can get. I'm gonna go into 2021 with the wins that I've got in my hat pocket mm. here. Um and indeed one of which is to mention that we had we our 5th year anniversary recently. We've been doing it now for five years. Holy that's shit. Nuts, dude. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> um it really it really fucking is uh so all i'll say uh before we leave is uh merry christmas happy holidays however you choose to celebrate the queen period um i would ask that you do so safely uh, with a care and consideration for others uh i know for example in the uk that people are being allowed to me over their households over christmas i am going to do that i'm not going to pretend i'm not and then condemn people for doing it but i am going to just say that if you are doing it have a care to the you know sort of people uh Be safe, you know, do everything you can within your power to, like, you know, look after people, not spread the virus, all that stuff. Do what you can. Make the best with what you're given. I know it's difficult. I know it's not easy for everyone. It's certainly not equivalently difficult for everyone either. Some people have very little this time of year, but... I only hope that everyone has the best time they can do over the holiday period, given the difficult circumstances, uh, and stay safe and healthy. Uh, we will, of course, be back in the new year to do a brand new lineup of shows for all three of our mainline podcast series. Yep. It's going to be an interesting time. There's some sequels coming out; they're going to definitely be worthy That's of fun. our attention. Uh, well, I was want just also say, we to thank also very we'll quickly finish
1: up Akudama Drive.
0: Uh... At some yes, you right. I mean, academic drive will follow uh, we'll in the year. Still,
1: t- TBD. We're I mean, in the new year, maybe. Yeah, if we want to live stream it, which I guess we do, we'll we'll need to wait until next year. But um, maybe we could, if if we feel like we want to get it out there, we could just podcast it and throw it up on YouTube as just audio. We'll see. Like, watch the Twitter account for for details.
0: Keep your eyes peeled. Uh, so we'll see what happens next. Um but yeah uh, I also want to very quickly thank yeah. all the guests we've had on this year uh, for example Mark and Emily Rand Alexander. Um, amongst you. others thank you all very much for joining mm-hmm. and yeah good old Alex yeah um, absolute delight to have them on as always um, with that I'm just going to say again farewell stay safe take care happy holidays merry Christmas merry yeah. mega Christmas all the good shit uh, from myself and Doc here I will also say I'm going to forego our usual uh, send off just to do something a little bit more you know relevant to you know Racco which is to just say We thank you for your continued support. Take care, everyone. Merry Mega Christmas. And bring back the brothers.